Hello, and welcome back for a brand new episode inside the TARDIS of Fake Nerds Watch. We are finally closing the gap on our uh, recap specials on all of Doctor Who prior to 2023. Uh, so this is going to be a doozy of an episode. We are coming in with Kapali and Whitaker, the uh, 12th and the 13th Doctors, respectively. We are going to be uh, going through their episodes, talking about moments, characters, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I'll be up front and say that this is some of the best and some of the worst of all of Doctor Who. So here we are, at least modern Who. At least modern Who, I'll say. Uh, and I am, of course, Sparks Whitty. I'm joined by my lovely companions, Brian T. McClure. Hello, I am here in the TARDIS as well. My favorite TARDIS design. Mine too, 100%. Uh, we'll talk about that for sure. Uh, and Xander, Xander Hockey. Hi. Uh, 12, wonderful number. Easily divisible, just just the curves, everything. 13, unlucky 13, odd number. I'm just, I'm, there's correlations, I'm just saying. I am, I am really, really happy that Doctor Who's back and that Doctor Who's still going. And I really never want it to go away. Yeah. And I also, at the same time, think there's a compelling argument that maybe it all should have ended at Capaldi. <laughs> I'm not saying I agree with it, but I think you can not, make not, a reasonable argument. Yeah, not, not forever. Not forever. Just like maybe take a break. Maybe here's, like yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Here's the, here's, the, here's the thing that I want to get right up top. Um, we will be, uh, as you already said, as we've already alluded to, we will be pretty harsh on, on the era that Jodie Whittaker occupies. None of it is because of her as the doctor. Um, it is purely writing. Um, and I, I know that people are already in the comments. The one person that might click on this and be like, Hey, what'd you guys think of Jodie Whittaker? Oh, you're just sexist assholes. No, I love her as the doctor a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's going to it be just the sucks that. She didn't get much better, but much better. Yes, yeah. uh, I uh, my understand that all my uh, upsetness that will come across during the Whitaker era is purely because I think she's wonderful yes. um, mm. as the Doctor and deserved a much better run that catered to her abilities yeah. uh, that she did not get. I now, I loved her outfit. Yeah, me too. It's a great outfit. It's I wish the antenna had showed up in it. Me too. Uh, now that said. Um, okay, so, uh, okay, look, look, we're just going to get right into it because we're going to start with Peter Capaldi. Um, I just want to Wonderful say, outfit as well. Right up the, <laughs> right up top. Just like, up right here, right here. Just like, and then I don't even look at that. I look at that. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, just like, um, I, like a lot of people who started watching Doctor Who in 2005 uh, with Eccleston and Tennant, believe that Tennant is my favorite doctor you know he's kind of the one mm. he's the he's the tom baker of this era right he's the one that is the most popular um is the one that's widely recognized as the doctor um the one they wheel he, out whenever they need to if i may he defined doctor who for the modern era like he defined yes. it he was the first one to go and define it and i feel like while doctor who had been around like I don't think it's a stretch to say that Tom Baker defined Doctor Who for that era either, because that's also the point where they really embrace like Gallifrey, Time Lords, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but I, um, 
and I've always said that like the eighth doctor is my favorite. That's just kind of me being a little rebellious um, because like, I really like Paul McGann as the doctor. Um, I really like his audio <laughs> adventures. Like I really like his audio adventures. And I really like him as the doctor. Um, but like, you know, there's always kind of like, I, it's, you know, it, it really is 10. And then I finished Capaldi's run. And since I finished Capaldi's run, which I, I which I did just recently uh, this past year, uh, in the lead up to the new specials, to the 60th anniversary, um, I have been resisting so desperately my the truth, the absolute unwavering truth that is Peter Capaldi is my favorite Doctor 100%, hands down, bar none. And honestly, he clears everyone like clears everyone um i made this point when we were talking about david Tennant, where um i think that david Tennant is probably my favorite actor to play the doctor um mm-hmm. uh, as a performer and i would also say in our after our discussion and revisiting it and even going back and watching some of the episodes after we talked about it with Tennant in them that i think he has some of the best written seasons and arcs yes. um even against Capaldi's. But I echo what you're saying. I think uh, what Peter Capaldi's doctor is, is probably my favorite version of the doctor. And, and like specifically, like I love the way Tenet flies the TARDIS. He's my favorite uh, pilot for the TARDIS, like 100%. I love how he's like running all around the console and like flipping random switches and buttons left and right and just like zipping about and like flailing all over the place. I love all that shit. I miss that shit um uh but like capaldi and like i want to be specific like uh, his his last two seasons because i actually don't like him in his first season not not really um but his his next two seasons like really defines what like like the perfect doctor for me um xander i know you feel the same yeah, I I feel like most doctors, probably aside from Tenant, who just is some kind of like magical beast, uh, have a have a rough first season. Yeah, and you know a lot of that has to do with the writers figuring out the actor, figuring out a new story, the actor figuring out like you know the feel and the vibe and how they want to like go about things. Um. Not that there's no good episodes in that first season, right? Is he's got he's got some bangers, but right. like his initial introduction, like his first episode, is not one of my favorites. No, um, even like just as an episode, and especially as a like introduction to a doctor episode, um, really didn't do anything for me. Mm-hmm. So I was really nervous because I really wanted to like him. So I was like, okay, please be good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you saw glimpses of that in, in the first season. And after that, next two seasons, just absolute bangers. Um, dips in episodes for sure, but he never... The episode might have dipped, but he never yeah. right. dipped with it. One right. of the things that I really like about Capaldi's um, first appearance on the TARDIS, which is the end of uh, 
uh, the time of the doctor mm-hmm. uh, when Matt Smith regenerates. He, what's so weird about that scene is that I absolutely adore him in that scene. Like this, when he's just like, I've got new kidneys. I don't like the color. Um, like, which is a, an insane thing to say about kidneys. And like, it's so, so, so doctory. And then he's like, how do you fly the TARDIS? Like, um, it's like, we're, I think we're crashing. Just one question. How do you fly this thing? And that's how you end the episode. Like, I'm like, Oh shit. I'm really, in, I'm really interested. I'm really pumped. Like, let's go new mm-hmm. doctor new at the time, new regeneration cycle. Mm-hmm. So like there was this yeah. whole kind of like unpredictability to what the doctor is now. Um, and, and then, but the episode that follows as much as I like the Paternoster gang with Matt of Astra and Jenny and Strax, I love them mm-hmm. to death. Yeah. The episode just isn't very good. It's just, right. it's just not there. And like, we talked about it when we talked about the 11th hour, which I think is, the strongest regeneration episode, like a uh, first doctor episode. This one's just not that. it. Yeah. I yeah. do too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think this episode, the deep breath, which is the first one of, of the eighth series is so bizarre. Um, and it does one thing that like, I've never really cared for in thinking back on it, which, and people have to remind me it happened because I kind of like wormhole it, which is um, the 11th doctor calling Clara to tell her to stay. And I'm always been like, why this? That's so bizarre. Mm. It it, it felt like, it felt like the show was showing a lack of confidence in the audience, I guess. Like, I'm like, I just don't think this was necessary for Clara to need to stay. That she needed a call. What's so weird about that scene is like going back to like what so like very, very much how we talked about like the popularity of Doctor Who waning. Like Peter Capaldi is unfortunately where the popularity of Doctor Who started waning and in in in, in outside outside of outside of Britain for sure. Um, how the, you know, the 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 phenomenon sort of waning. Yeah. And so like what what a lot of people like contributed that to was that people didn't think Peter Capaldi was attractive, which you're wrong. Um, but like that is so yeah. wrong, um, hard agree. But Matt Smith was like seen as like like Clara's boyfriend, like like the first thing, like yeah. Capaldi says, like I'm not your boyfriend. I'm right. Uh, and, and and I think that like that was like, hey, yeah, I'm no longer going to be your boyfriend anymore. But take a chance because this could still be right. fun. Like you didn't need that. Yes, and I, I I think that is also again like going back to like Moffat being reactionary. I think this is this is him responding to that kind of Tumblr era yeah. of Doctor Who um, yeah. very directly and wanting to push Doctor Who into a certain degree. And I think he went he overcorrected. Right, there was mm-hmm. a good intention there, but I think he way overcorrected with how grumpy he pushes Capaldi to be in this season. Um, And I think that's, that's an issue. I also think there's a bit of like, you kind of get it now with people with the MCU of like, uh, end game was kind of it. And like the 50th anniversary was huge. And like a lot of people kind of were sitting there with Dr. Who and like, that was a pretty good run. Like, I don't know. This is it. It's over. Um, Like, like we, we obviously had our qualms with some of the Matt Smith stuff, but like that 50th anniversary was hype when we were in it. Like it really was. It popped. And like arguably, arguably still to this day, more hype than the 60th. I think it's the biggest Doctor Who's ever been still like Doctor Who might get there again now with like Disney money and Disney attention. I definitely like Doctor Who's like the biggest it's been for a while, but I still wouldn't say it's pushing that 50th anniversary level. Yeah, Um, I'm just saying I mean, that thing that thing went to theaters. 
you know, know day of the doctor went to theaters next year though 20th anniversary of the show's revival i don't know maybe we're doing something i i'm not holding my breath for anything because a lot of people have pointed out like i i would love all of the modern doctors to get together but there's almost no world where eccleston comes back because like four people would ha- who are currently working on the show would have to leave yeah and uh yeah. He's made that very clear, which whatever his reasons, I can't blame him for. So whatever. No, absolutely he, he not. Has, he has been like a bit chiller about everything, though. He has. But I mean, like it was this. Year, like, it was it, only a, a couple months was, ago that he was recently. like, you get rid of those four people and I'll come back. And it's like, yeah. oh, one of those people is Russell T. Davies. So I don't expect we see Chris <laughs> for a while. Um and then the other thing is that, um, and I respect this, and it's because we're talking about him. It's Capaldi. Capaldi has said that, like, I pre- I kind of prefer that, like, my my adventure as the Doctor is over, um, and that that sunsets just like the Doctors did in my youth. Um, which is like, I mean, Doctors still got together for specials, and like, technically, like half the Doctors from your youth are still doing Doctor Who. So yeah. I don't know if your point stands, but but if that's how he feels, I res- I certainly respect it. But it would be it would be really disappointing. It feels like you just want one story that puts all the, all the modern era doctors together. Um, yeah. Even if you can't get Eccleston, then maybe everybody after. <laughs> uh, hey, you got so two, I'm, you got two versions of David Tennant you can work with. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you that, that it feels like you want something uh, there. And I, and I, and I agree. Um, but a hundred percent, like I think Capaldi had it so rough because he's coming out of this, like, massive yeah. mountain of the highest heights that doctor has yeah. ever experienced and yeah. um he had to put that all on his back and i think he was ready for it but i don't think moffat was ready for where to go next mm-hmm. right and i think that that suffers a lot with his first season because like as you already mentioned like he's the he was the grumpy doctor like he there's a line that i think is kind of funny but it kind of um it kind of like goes against capaldi's doctor uh, mm-hmm. That we that we later know him, uh, and it's in the episode. Um, hold on, I want to be sure I have the title of it. Uh, into Into the Dalek, which is actually the second episode, uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. where he, which I think is actually a pretty good episode. I actually like what they do with the Daleks in that episode. But yes. uh, he's there's a line that I, I never I never forget, which is um, Capaldi. The Doctor can't describe, figure out what to say who clara is assistant companion whatever and then uh clara says carer and he goes yeah she's my carer she cares so i don't have to mm-hmm. and i'm like that's where we know where we know where the doctor where the, where capaldi ends up that just feels so antithetical to who the yes. doctor is and just kind of feels like it's trying to be edgy for the sake of just being grumpy and part of i want xander to jump in on this but and part of what yeah. i find so tough about capaldi's first season is that it really does feel like Moffat reactionary and not unlike other things we've talked about. And we'll talk about with choices for the doctor and the portrayal, not motivated by what's happening to the character. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. It like, uh, uh, not to go too far into what's going on right now in doctor who, but like with the 14th doctor, there's a lot, a lot of like taking in what have you experienced recently doctor? And how is that affecting this version of you? And that yeah. is not what's happening here. It's the doctors may be coming out of one of the most optimistic places and then turns into the grumpy doctor because, you know, you've got Matt Smith mm-hmm. at the end of the day, of the doctor, like I'm coming home the long way round. And to go from that attitude mm-hmm. to this, it doesn't track what makes the character feel this way. That actually, 
that was pretty good. That sounded that sounded that sounded pretty good. Yeah, it, it, your Matt Smith wasn't bad. Your Matt Smith wasn't bad. Thank you. Um, oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. So my biggest issue with kind of the start of the series um, is that his character is very one dimensional. Yeah. Um, it is very you're the old doctor we're we're switching things up we're not going for those same kind of like romance bait stories um and i feel like he he wasn't given much more than that and i mean you can you can tell you can tell that he's like really doing his best but it feels a little directionless and it feels a little one note because that's probably in essence, all he had to go off of. Well, um, what I think, what I, what I think it is there in the text, because, you know, there's also the line like where he looks to Clara and she says, am I a good man? And Clara yeah. can't, doesn't know what to say. And there's like this whole thing with like Missy later on in the episode where he's like, thank you. I finally know who I am. Um, like there's a kind of, there's a, there is a story in the first season that I don't think is well executed, which is that, no. uh, which is that the doctor having lived past a t- what a time Lord is supposed to live, mm-hmm. having lived past into a new, completely new regeneration cycle mm-hmm. has no idea who he is anymore. Recognizes this face and is like, wh- why do I recognize this face? Like, this is weird. Right. Yeah. It's never happened before. And he's just kind of sitting there going like, I don't know what I, what or who I am anymore. And there is this kind of like idea that the doctor is having an identity crisis in this first season, but it's not, it, it's, it, it's not as prevalent as it should be because Moffat keeps wanting to focus on how, how funny it is that he's grumpy now. But yes. It, so like he's, he's avoiding so, the more interesting storyline within his own season. Yeah. I think the thing that, that comes out of that is that there's, there's two different things. There is the character in the story and then there is the characterization. Um, You know, I, I feel that he is kind of one note and grumpy yeah. throughout the first few episodes. Um, even while that story <laughs> sprinkled throughout, but is in the text. Um, you know, and those moments are the are the moments that people literally like remember and quote from the first season. Mm-hmm. Are the things like, why do I remember this face? Am I a good man? Like those lines hit and they hit for a reason. And they're the only thing that hits because it's I, like, this is the this is the good part. Yeah. I think the problem with the whole face thing is that it's not resolved in this first season. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't get resolved until the fifth episode, yeah. almost halfway through this the next season for Capaldi. Yeah. And like I think that's the problem with it, is that if this were part of like kind of an identity crisis for the doctor. I could mm-hmm. accept it if it were contained to the season. And that yes. was part of the arc he's on to get to where we want him for uh, the rest of his run. But God, that's just not what's... Love... Man, we don't like first seasons. <laughs> I, it's, it's, I, I think uh, it's hard for me to look favorably back on this because this is also, I think, for a lot of people, and I know this is true for Brandon, like burnout started to set in 
Yes, one hundred percent. Because because and and burnout pretty specifically with how Moth had been running things and like go back to our previous special where we talked about all the things that didn't work for us about the Matt Smith run, regardless of how much we liked him or other characters inside it, of it. It's 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 linked right o- right over there somewhere. <laughs> it's somewhere here. <laughs> um, somewhere. Probably down there somewhere. Maybe yeah. down here. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> Moffat just he had a way of doing things that didn't vibe with a lot of people. And um, certainly some of the broad strokes were were amongst them. And there's a and great... you're coming out of that. Sorry, just real quick. And you're coming out of that and going into this. And because Capaldi has this not just lackluster first episode, but kind of lackluster energy and personality for what you want to see in the doctor in the moment, like nobody who's feeling that kind of burdened by the show at that point and what Moffat's doing wants to be greeted with. Now I'm just kind of angry. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just, it made it less fun. It just made it less fun to want to watch the show. And so like the first season's a bit of a grind the first time I've gone back since then and found like removed from being so deep in that feeling. I like it a little better. I still think it's weaker than the later seasons, Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's quite as like egregious as in my memory. It was when it was first coming out and I was like, boy, this is just not what I was wanting Dr. Who to be right now. And and there's also, uh, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I know you were going, I'm still going to go, but like, (laughs) I, I I just want you to know that I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. I love you. (laughs) Uh, there is a uh, there's a thing where, you know, it, when you see how good the show becomes, yeah, you know, even without meaning to, you are, in some way, comparing that first season to to the rest of it, and it's it's also hard not to like be like, oh, you know, it's not it's not the part that I like. Mm-hmm. The thing the thing that I think that exemplifies what Sparks is talking about specifically with the you know, the kind of Moffat burnout that happened was the episode listen, um, which is basically, which is just, it's everything Moffat. It's everything Moffat, right? It's the, the kind of like, Hey, what, what, who are you actually talking to when you're talking to yourself and there's nobody around who's actually listening when there's nobody in the house and you're just talking to yourself and blah, blah. Um, and like, where does all this stuff come from? And like, and it all goes back to like, Oh, but actually the doctor lived on this farm and and he and and he got scared because he saw feet at the foot of his bed or something. Blah, blah, blah. His feet like, his feet got grabbed when he got up. Something from under the bed got, grabbed him. Yeah, and and I'm and it's like it's all and like what and like and like but that doesn't make sense because that because there's something physically it it doesn't work. The episode just doesn't work. And I know that Moffat didn't write the episode. I I, I want to very quickly like. Oh wait, no, never mind. He did write it. Yes, he did. No, he, he did. did. Um, yeah, he did oh, write it. No, only um, him. <laughs> Uh, that he is the only credited writer on that episode. So fuck you. Um, <laughs> so like, um, I and so like you kind of like exemplify like, and by that point I was like, this shtick doesn't work for me anymore because you've done it too many times. Mm. You know, I I have a complicated relationship with that episode because that is one of the ones I've actually seen recently because my mother was watching all of Capaldi's to, and Whitaker's to get ready for the new stuff this year. So like off and on, I was seeing a lot of those seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it I hadn't revisited, like the early Capaldi stuff, for a while. Uh, and I think Listen is some of Moffat's stuff perfected until you get to the farm. Sure. And and like I, I, you're right, like he's oh, revisiting because- some, he's revisiting concepts and things that he's done before. I just yeah. think like 
taken in the bottle, I'm like, this is better than those things were. Sure. But, mm. you know, like, I also like, like, when, because in that episode, we go to like the far future where the, the yes. descendant of Danny is there. Yes. Like, that's, yeah, you're right. That's and the doctor's like, I have to know. I have to know who's on the other side of the door. And Clara's like, why? Why do you have to know? And I, that, that shit was like, that was getting to midnight area where I'm like, this is pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty good. <laughs> But it just it just kind of like falls. But oh, but like all that all that stuff like oh, and I hate Kill the Moon. I hate that episode so much. Yeah, it's not a good one. Um, I, I like really that's not one. that's not Moffat. To be fair, that actually Did isn't Moffat. You liked Kill the Moon, where the moon like is it. a is an egg, and yeah. then it just births another <laughs> yeah. moon. Yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Wow, I love you, Sander. <laughs> Uh, to All be right. fair, I have not seen Kill the Moon since it first so, came out. So, so like, the, the maybe argument, differently. Look, the argument for Kill the Moon um, is in the the relationship between the Doctor and Clara really feeling to me like it's the first time that that dynamic is changing. Um, mm. They've been, like, figuring okay. it out until then. But I feel that the part where he, like, makes her make that choice and she's furious at him but he's like i i can't be allowed to make that choice yeah and they're like realizing that clara as his like kind of moral compass uh kind of like protege in a way is is moving into this like these are the decisions the kind of choices the doctor makes and if having it infuriate her and this moves sure. into into the plot later on which i'm i'm still kind of like back and forth about which is clara kind of really starting to act like the doctor and making decisions based around like wanting to be more in that vein which begins in another episode that i really don't like flatline um, I, like, I like flatline. That's fair. I flatline <laughs> yes. By the way, uh, did you? I don't know if you rewatched it, but Cyborg from Doom Patrol is in Flatline. I haven't rewatched it, but I, I that's cool. Yeah, um, he's the other. I'll, he's the other character. I'll, I'll real quick because you brought flatline. I'm just going to highlight this, which is that like I acknowledge these are not like incredible or the best episodes of Doctor Who. I do think these episodes are fun, and it uh, yeah. Robot of Sherwood works for me i think i it's like fun. robot of Sherwood. i like that one a lot mummy on the orient express and flatline which are both written by jamie matheson i think are fun yeah they work I for like me mummy. um the, the one of the best visuals i think about all the time in flatline is the tardis being shrunk um and capaldi's head just coming out of it uh is adorable um, i do like the the hand when he when he comes out when he put the hand out to like move it to like yeah kind of like thing move it yes. away from the train yeah exactly like I, it's some of the some of the best gags were thought of in some of these mm. episodes uh, that hadn't been done in Doctor Who before, and I think they're charming, and I think they're yeah. sweet. And the last one I'm going to say, it, I, and I acknowledge, like it's totally just because it's. I think it's fun. I love Time Heist. I man, I'm so pissed off at you because I was literally <laughs> waiting. I was literally <laughs> waiting to say my favorite episode in the season is that's Time great. Heist. No, that's great. I'm, I'm so um, don't be pissed off. I'm so happy to hear that. We both have, I think it's it's my favorite episode of the season too. I think Time Heist is great. I think it's a it's ton of so fun. much fun. I love it so. And the reveal Do you know why we both love it, it was them. Do you know why oh. we both love it? 
Why? The doctor forgot enough of himself throughout the episode to forget he's angry. <laughs> <laughs> You're so right. Because it was like a big... window. It was like a window into what Capaldi could be. You're 100% right. I really like Time Heist because like Time Heist is, Time Heist is such a good setup. And then it's like, and then it like reveals who actually set up the heist and everything. Man, I like that episode a whole lot. I think it's a lot of fun. And, it, and you're right. It's showing us kind of what Capaldi's doctor is going to end up being. Because it, it, he is just being that version that he will he will just grow into. And it's it's one of those times where, like, this doesn't happen a lot in the Moffat era, but where I'm like, this was really smart from, like, A to B to C to D. Like, yeah. I just think this was well-plotted, well-scripted. To be fair, it's not just him writing it. It's also written um, with Stephen Thompson. But it, it still just doesn't happen that often in the Moffat era that I'm like, I... I know you think you're being clever, and I actually agree with you. I think you're being clever. I think this <laughs> yes. is I think this is really, really like working. Um, and Time Heist just is like the best version of that. Uh, um, Xander, any thoughts on Time Heist? <laughs> it's a heist. There's there's time. <laughs> Xander's um, like, I'm not a big heist guy. <laughs> I, I, I love heist. I'm a huge heist guy. I I, I did. I did really like it. Um I think it's just, uh, it falls in that vein of like, again, like you were saying, Doctor Who episodes that are just kind of like silly and that are just charming and like concept. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I enjoy those. I just, that's really all that landed with me was just that like, oh, this is fun. Yeah. Um, I think it's, when, I think it's just a well executed one of those and not every doctor yeah. Who one that's doing something like that is that well executed and i'm like this is like those ones where it feels really good where you're like i see the precision thinking mm. on the multiple levels of how we concocted all the reveals and the mystery and the, and all that right and uh the 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 creativity of why we need xyz for this part of the heist and why we need blah 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 and I and I think that the execution more than anything is like you could put any doctor or companion in that episode. Uh, and like, I think it would be fun because yeah, it's just well crafted in that way. And that has a lot less to do with Capaldi and and uh, Jenna Coleman necessarily being in it, um, because like a decent chunk of the time they don't remember who they are. But I do think it's really, really fun. Yeah, I I did really love the the two-parter series uh, or season finale. Okay, I'm going to pause you. I did you really because, enjoy that. I'm going to pause you because I need, I need to wait. I need to wait because I, there's one more episode I want to highlight about how much I don't like it. Um, oh, and, okay. <laughs> and, and, and that is in the Forest of the Night. I very much don't like that episode. It's the, it's the one where a forest springs up all around the world. Um, yeah. One of, the, one of the reasons why I don't like it is because it – it does something that I really don't like about Moffat's run on Doctor Who, uh, just in general, um, which is not something that Davies did. This is kind of where where Davies and Moffat disagreed. Like when Davies introduced like a Dalek invasion on Earth, he, the human race just knew what a Dalek was. Now they were just familiar with the fact that these are now Daleks. Um, what Moffat did was revert to the status quo of Earth, but in a way that's just like, yeah, humans just forget shit all the time. 
And so like, so in the force of the night is, and then he does this again later with a Bill Potts episode, which I'll talk about, which is an episode I like, by the way, but it's still, he does do this again. Um, but I he, like he that episode this, too. The one you're referring to, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, and so like he does this, he does this thing where it's like, oh yeah. So wait, what are we going to do? How people just don't remember. So what are we going to tell people about this force? Oh, they'll forget by tomorrow. I, I just don't, I don't agree with that perspective of the human race. And yeah. I don't really like that kind of way of like resetting to zero. Um, mm -hmm. every, after every like major episode of Dr. Who is like, it just doesn't work for me. Totally. I I think that all your points are valid. I honestly don't remember the episode very well. Um, I, I remember, to, but I remember not caring for it. <laughs> I, I'm also going to mention that I forgot this was an episode. <laughs> yeah. you all um, are making my point so so before you go to the season finale i do want to touch on like there are two important factors about the season one that i think is incredible and one that i think is bad um okay. and they're just like overall season points and uh one of them the one that's bad is uh the thing that really makes capaldi hard for me to in this season to get on board with as the doctor is how much he hates danny pink and vocalizes Me it. And like, too. it just feels so. It's like Eccleston making fun of Mickey cranked up to like 20. And like, I just can't. I'm like, why would but, Clara ever even go anywhere with you at this point? But it's specifically because Danny's a soldier, which doesn't yes. make any sense because the doctor has known soldiers and has been very good friends with soldiers. Yeah, it it really doesn't work for me. And it it falls into this like. I just don't know what good value there was out of it all outside. Like it, it feels like it's there only to strain Clara's relationship with the doctor. And even that's not really a story point. It's yeah. just kind of a, it's just kind of a scene filler and it just, it's not a good look on the doctor. I don't like it. Um, it doesn't feel like part of the character. Um, and I think especially coming off of like coming off of seeing relationships like Mickey or Rory uh, into this and treating them like that. I'm like, I even with the soldier thing, as you said, Brand, like I just, it felt bad. It feels bad to look at. Um, I don't like it. No, I really, it, it really, it really hurts the season for me because every time it's, every time it's him and Danny and he's always saying that, Oh, Danny has to be the PE teacher because he can't be the math teacher. And like, uh, like I just, it, it makes me it makes me against the doctor in a way that I don't think was intentional and I don't yeah. think is a good idea. Yeah. Um, and like, unfortunately, because like. Because Danny is a is cast by an actor of color, it also feels racist at the same time, even though there's nothing inherently racist, <laughs> even though there's nothing inherently racist in the language. It's like just the structure of it, because like it's so unwarranted, makes it feel racist. And I'm like, this is just. This is just bad. Like it just gives you bad vibes and I'm, I'm not down with it. And it, and I think it hurts the finale uh, because of that. Like Danny's involvement in the finale, I think is actively hurt by the doctor's constant berating of him. Um, that's, that's me. That's how I feel about yeah. it. What was the thing that you liked though? The season? Oh, it's Michelle Gomez. Uh, Michelle yeah. Gomez is, is uh, also like, <laughs> Uh, as we have the best doctor, we might also have the best master in Capaldi's run. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd be willing to make the argument because I think Michelle Gomez's Misty is brilliant. Yeah, um, 
I I want Xander to go because I don't share his love of the finale. In fact, I actively dislike it. Um, okay, fair. But I want I want you to tell I want you to go off, King. Got it. Um, Missy's great. Um, it I think for the first time in New Who felt, and I think maybe the the only time since, even up until now. Uh, the the master felt like a character. Mm. It wasn't just oh, here's this bad guy. Here's this antagonist. Here is you know like kind of like cartoonishly evil end of the world you know kind of thing. It's just oh, here's another time lord who's you know like values and morals are are just in contrast to the doctor but not in complete opposition to. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah, it just, it, I like the season finale a lot because I like Missy as, as a character. I like the introduction. I like what she brings to those episodes. Yeah. Um, I think it, it really helped. It helped me feel more confident in the next season because I, I felt like, Oh, here is, a new character that feels like they're really bringing a level of depth to the like rest of the cast. Um, in a way that I think was sorely needed. Um, Capaldi definitely becomes much more characterized in his interactions with Missy. I agree with Um, that a hundred percent. He is having more fun with her in this season than he is with anybody else. Yes. And I, you know, it really informs the rest of the season as well. Content-wise, look, Missy being like the woman in secret, slowly setting everything up in the background. It's kind of silly. I like it. This is the thing, this is the thing that Moffat does that, that actively like frustrates me. For whatever reason, like Missy, like there's this whole thing where like Missy has a line, and like, look, it's the master, so she could be lying. She could not be, but there's this line where she says, um, "I'm I've been traveling through time, selling people on the concept of the afterlife." So, like, sh- so implying that she is the reason why why peoples throughout history and throughout planets believe in an afterlife is because she has come to them and been like, "Hey, uh, hey guys, you could go to the afterlife." <laughs> um, and like that, that kind of falls in the same line of like River being like, "You leave the brakes on." Uh, which is why the TARDIS makes that noise. Yeah. Like just kind of this, like this kind of like uh, absolute throwaway line mm. that fundamentally destroys and alters the reality of this show. Yeah. That he, that Moffat just paid no attention to and was just like, eh, yeah. whatever, this would be a funny thing. Uh, and that's the kind of thing, like a lot of people like it. That's cool. Uh, it's not, it wasn't, it's never been the kind of thing that I liked to see from Moffat. Uh, and he, and thank goodness, he kind of like shies away from it uh, yeah. towards later on. Um, but like, I I like the beginning of the episode a lot mm-hmm. because it's it, it it's Danny dies, which is horrible. Yes, and the, and then um, Clara. Oh my god, betrays- Clara's yeah, Clara's whole thing. Oh my god, yes, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, uh, the opening of this episode is one of my favorite things. Yes. in the era. Yes, yeah. <sighs> And and it like Clara, like again like like because it, it goes back to like what 
Capaldi's doctor is meant to be, what Capaldi wants his doctor to be, because he has this line kind of circulating through, through the line. I know you saw it, Sparks, on Twitter, where, where he's like, do you think I care for you so little that betraying me would make a difference? Oh my God. Mm. Oh my yeah, God. Are me. you kidding me? That's an incredible me. line. It, yeah. And like, also, and not to push aside, like, this was a really important Clara moment. And I do think it's one of the reasons yeah. that she's my favorite companion, because she was willing to throw every key to the TARDIS into the lava. Yeah. Like she was willing to go there over this um, and then be devastated by it. But she did it. And like, I, she's a, she's a hundred percent a flawed character, but I find Mm -hmm. her really compelling in her flaws. And this is one of those moments where I'm like, Clara becomes a richer character because of this choice. There are, there are few scenes. I think throughout Capaldi's run as iconic as Missy and Clara sitting together surrounded by like unit agents as they're like having tea at the start of the episode. And it, Oh, I don't know. It, 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 it did some, it did so much heavy lifting. Isn't that the the opening of the next season? Season Yeah. Yeah. Oh fuck. I'm getting them mixed up. Anyway. Yeah. That season is also great. Yeah. It is. Um, but the interactions between Missy and Clara do a lot of heavy lifting very quickly off the bat. It, um, it really like sets their dynamic early, which I like because I'm like, cool, we don't have to trudge through this whole thing. There's there's something that I really like that Capaldi does again, again in the beginning that I want to also mm. highlight, which is that he has this moment where, you know, of course he's going to help Clara. He loves Clara. He's going. He, he's he'll do anything for her. And and he said and he says, um, and Clara's like, you're gonna you're gonna help me. Uh, and, and he goes, every every civilization believes in an afterlife. I've always meant to go take a look. Like that's the kind of like the because like that feels very like doctor like classic doctor to me of like, yeah, I'm I I don't know if there's an afterlife, but I always kind of meant to to see if I could find one. So right. I'm, now is as good a time as any. Sure. Um, and I and I like that. I like that moment a lot. That kind of like willing to descend into hell because like again, like it goes back to like it goes back to what Sparks was talking about, like Danny Peake's uh, uh, inclusion into the episode. Like, I wish I could believe that the Doctor would do it for Danny, but it, like because like I think that's the intention. Like the Doctor is like. I I was harsh on Danny and I want to I want to fix that but that's mm-hmm. not what's in the text of the episode so it really kind of hurts even like moments that I really like of like of like you know doing this thing and not and not saying to Clara it's dead is dead like I can't do anything it's a fixed point in time yes. like this is the first time where he's like it, it's it's a weird kind of thing of like I like the moment of like yeah let's go see if we can find an afterlife but it also feels disingenuous because he doesn't like Danny and there's nothing in the, in the season that made me think he did. I, I hard agree that, that, that is part of what I struggle with in it is, is that they just did too much damage to that relationship um, in the episodes prior that it's hard for me to, to buy in. I do find the master's decision to doctor. I made you an army. Um, I think as a story beat, it could have been really interesting. Again, this is if this season were structured more around an execution and idea that the doctor was angry because they knew during 
the Matt Smith era that they had come across as a soldier. This was something that was, regardless of how much we liked it, this was something that was toted around a lot in that era. If the doctor were trying to get away from it, and that was part of the purpose, but it keeps coming back and he's seeing that reflected in Danny. That's why he doesn't like Danny. And then you get to the button of the season being the master being like, made you an army, heard you wanted to be a soldier, heard you wanted to be a commander of war. Uh, and the doctor resenting that and like the master kind of shoving their face in it. That would have been something. Yeah. It's just not, as you said, it's not in the text. Yeah. And like, again, to echo, to echo both of yours points, uh, Michelle Gomez is wonderful she is incredible as the master um and i i see uh i still i never quite agreed with changing the name it's kind of cute like i kind of get that like it's cute that the master would do it but uh i always kind of i always kind of wish that she would she would uh call herself the master um but i really like her just because you brought that point up may i make an argument for why ultimately i like it I'm not willing to die on the hill. Go for it. I think it works so much because it feels like from moment one, Michelle Gomez is, whether it was Moffat's intention or not, um, set on the path for where she ends up at the end of the Capaldi run, which is Mm -hmm. that she is the first one who really feels like she reciprocates the desire for the connection with the doctor again. Yes, that's what I was about to say. And in chasing that, her subconsciously rejecting the master moniker and going with something else to kind of push herself away from that identity. I, I'm not saying it was intentional, but as a read, it kind of works for me where she ends up. I feel like, I feel like her embracing, like I kind of don't want to be that version of myself anymore, even if she wasn't aware of it. And you also brought up something something that I really like that I was trying to get get to, which is that um, she. What I love about her is that she, for whatever reason, this regeneration has caused the change in the master to be like, no, you know, I actually do miss you. I I can't change. I've so set in my ways. Maybe I can help you come to my side, and then we could be right. friends again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like that interpretation of the master. And I think it was, I think, and I, I truly believe this after the next version of the master, I think it was truly the only and last place you can go with the master. This idea yeah. of like the master choosing that, choosing to find a way to reconnect the bridge between him and her and and the doctor and being friends again because we've been told even in classic who that they were schoolmates they were friends on gallifrey mm-hmm. and something and they split and and the doctor has always regretted that has always wished that they could be friends again and uh, has often master, reached back towards the master saying like please just come with me i can yeah. i i swear if you come with me it'll be better and the the master has always rejected that. Has always yes. said no. I'm I can't do that. But this is the first version of the master that is like, okay, I'm right. willing to hear you out this time. And what's so interesting about about the master is that um, we so the last time we saw the master, it kind of fits right. Like we, the last time we saw the master was John, John Sim and he was glitching a lot and he w- had all this like excess energy. And then he was thrust back into the time war from which he escaped originally. 
Right. Um, he, he, he at one time, he at one time was able to escape the time war, uh, with the chameleon circuit. And now he's trapped in it again, very poetic of like, I couldn't have escaped this. And so now he, and now having not necessarily, not necessarily escaped again because Gallifrey has been freed, but been, been like fixed on Gallifrey, Gallifrey's free. Now he's able to be free and travel and travel the galaxy again, kind of being, kind of being like, okay, you know what? Maybe, maybe I've been going about all this the wrong way. And I yeah. really like that interpretation of the master. And I think that is here in the first season in, in, in this, in this season, but so much of it is bogged down by what I think is just frankly a subpar Cyberman story that I wish that I, I just wish was, yeah. was at least written a little better, you know? Yeah. My, uh, again, the, what I'm able to gather that I like from the first season is those character interactions, those character moments, the, the good ones that are there. Um, there's part of why I like the, the, you know, two-part finale. Um, right. That being said, yeah, it's not the strongest story. It's not like I'm sitting here being like, this is a good episode. Uh, but I, I feel like there's enough there to warrant the first season is not like a write-off. Sure. Yeah. You know, uh, which I think certain seasons can be. Um, not naming any names yet. But I'm not yeah. naming anyone. There's there's some last just last little things I want to talk about the season. And then I think we should yeah. go to the next one. But sure, um, it is as much as I dislike Deep Breath. It is kind of cool that it's it, it it goes back to the Madame de Pompadour. Um, I think that's kind of neat from the girl in the fireplace. Sure. Yeah. Um, I also really like the line. I also really like seeing Capaldi try to figure out. Try, try to kind of make sense of regeneration of like where do these faces come from um do i pick them as a subconscious are they picked is it actually random and one of my favorite lines is who frowned me this face mm. uh because like why are the why am i old like what is what is what is that thought process like why don't i just re- like that kind of like figuring it out mm. kind of thing mm-hmm. because his, his mind is all jumbled from the new cycle um and then in in these last two episodes uh kate and osgood Kate Stewart and Osgood show up and I just like them. Yeah, yeah. sure. For sure. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities between this first season and um, Matt Smith's first season. You know, I think there's a lot of, I don't want to say the same issues, but there's definitely a lot of that sort of getting a grasp of the character, getting mm-hmm. a grasp of the stories that want to be told. And then, falling short on the like actual follow through of what they're trying to set up. I think the difference I feel in that is, is Matt Smith. I don't feel like the writing was getting in the way of his performance. Mm. And I feel like the writing is getting in the way of Capaldi here in the first season. Mm. Like I just, you know, I feel like he is, I I feel like he is actively, being steered in a direction that isn't the direction he wants to go. And you can kind of feel it, the performance like resisting Mm. and trying to kind of move it back away from where the writing is taking him because like, and I don't think it's as we're going into this next season, I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that 
Capaldi from his first season to second is the most dramatic shift in personality and presence and character that we see of any Doctor Do throughout their run. Like, he's just does a real big swing. I won't call it a full 180, but it's close. Mm -hmm. Look, man, if you're running from, you know, like professor kind of like, you know, outfits, old man to kind of like athleisure <laughs> with like cool hoodies and do you know, and, you do know, you know like why, jackets. Do you know why Capaldi pushed for the costume to go in this direction? Oh, no, I don't. I love this. Um, it, this mm-hmm. is also the reason why he wanted the sonic device to be sunglasses. Um, Capaldi wanted poor kids to be able to dress like the doctor. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, that's oh, that that hits. Interestingly yeah. enough, this is my favorite look he has. I love this look. Yeah, the sec- the second season look is is, I think, my favorite from his run. But I have to say first, as we get into the next season, uh, last Christmas is the Christmas special. I yes. love Nick Frost as Nick Frost. Yeah, Nick Frost as a uh, Santa Claus. Santa? I do not like this episode. Oh, I love this episode. I'm so sorry yeah. you don't like it. Um, it just I think doesn't work for me. For me, this makes up for a lot of the bad Danny Pink feel I had coming out of the first season. Yeah. Um, while it doesn't like, obviously Danny Pink is not a character in it, but I feel like it took the Doctor out of the equation of the Danny Pink relationship and just focused on what it meant to Clara. Mm. And that left a much better taste in my mouth about it. And I rather liked the story using that. And I like the gimmick of the the dream within a dream, the dream, and all the times that they have to figure it out. It, it didn't bother me, and I found it quite fun in a fun way to include Santa and make him their savior. Um, I, I rather enjoy Last Christmas, I won't lie. Sure. It's just, I don't know, something about... I like the ending, but something about a lot of the 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 rest of it just i don't know it just doesn't work for me i've watched it a few times but it just i just it just can't look man you're in you're in a dream within a dream within a dream and the only way out is to believe in santa (laughs) i don't know it's so hard to get i don't know why it's like it's 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 it's, it's hokey it's stupid it's exactly the kind of doctor who it's the kind of story that doctor who should tell but i just it just doesn't work for me for some reason that's totally it is is kind of wild yeah, I, I I really enjoy it, but I I totally respect that. Like, it it doesn't work for you. My my yeah. biggest highlight of it is that again, like, there's just a better taste in my mouth about Danny Pink's handling yeah. in the show because That's of right. it. I uh, I didn't. It's not that I didn't care for it. It just doesn't really like register for me as far as like Christmas specials go. I remember it more fondly than I remember things like the Widow, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm. that's fair you don't even remember which one that is do you Zan? no i do i do (laughs) and i actually think i no because i was taking a moment i think i like that one more you know you know what i like about the widow the witch in the wardrobe and you know what actually weirdly enough the widow the witch in the wardrobe and last christmas share a similar plot um the uh, share a similar ending specifically with the doctor Mm. coming back to their companion that they abandoned um um Oh, by the way, we didn't talk about it. Like, but the doctor thinking that that the master was telling the truth about where Gallifrey was, and then and then it not being there, heartbreaking. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, 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 
the Winter of the Witch World Wardrobe has at my I really like that ending scene where it's Amy and Rory are like, oh, you're not dead. And they kind of have like this moment of like, oh, of course you're coming to Christmas dinner. Blah, 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 blah. It's kind of a really sweet moment that I, that I quite like. Um, yeah. uh, anyway, I have another controversial opinion. Oh, okay. I love this season. I was getting tired of Clara by this point, which it has nothing to do with the content of the season. For whatever mm. reason, I was pretty burnt from her from the last season. And so I kind of was taking that into the season. That said, I think the season is not, does not start the strongest, but it, I think it constantly kind of progresses in a more positive direction and ends on some of the strongest episodes here. I like the magician's apprentice and the witch is familiar fine enough, but upon a mm-hmm. rewatch, I think they're fun, but there's not really a lot there that I particularly enjoy. And it's not because of the snake, although that's a big factor. Um, I, I, I like it. Um, I think it's just, I think it's just slightly lacking in execution. Yeah. But overall, I enjoy it. It has um, my, one I, of my favorite lines real quickly. It has one of my favorite lines, which is when, which is when the Daleks are all panicking that Davros has escaped and they're just like, Davros, and they're all panicking. And then the door opens and it's the doctor in here. And he's just like, admit it. We've all had this exact same nightmare. <laughs> She's like, that's pretty funny. Sure. Sure. I, uh, Capaldi comes out swinging in the fun department for sure. He does. Yeah. He does. But again, like you were saying, the, the shift in, character for the doctor is is uh insane um you know i i've i have my issues with like the magician's apprentice and the wishes familiar as far as like davros again and you know their the whole thing i really honestly believe that the first half of the magician's apprentice is one of my favorite introductions to a season Sure. sure I think it's okay. I think it's one of the one of the best cold opens in Doctor Who. Honestly, like if you're in the lore yeah, no, and everything, fair. and you get the like yeah. the boy out there with the hands, and he's calling for help, and the Doctor's like, uh, "What's your name?" and he's like, "Davros," and then the Doctor's just like frozen, and he's like, "Hello, are you going to help me?" <laughs> like I'm like, "Oh shit!" Talk about yeah. hooking you. Uh, there's also another incredible line in this episode that i want to that i want i i'm going to say a lot of really positive things because i also think as much as i don't really think this episode is really that good um i think it's also it's it's probably it's really funny because like davros has this moment where he's just like you should be proud doctor it took us a long time procuring it we scoured the entire planet to find the only chair on (laughs) scarrow just think that's really freaking funny <laughs> i think i think it shows that moffat knew uh, but after the reaction to the first season with capaldi that a tonal shift was needed and yeah. got on board redirecting the energy of not just and, capaldi but the show itself i mean like you do a lot you do a lot of like just going straight for that when uh you have the doctor kind of like come in playing an electric guitar in a tank. Yep. It's just, you know, you're really like, oh, oh, okay. We're we're just going for it. All right. Yeah, um yeah. 
but here's here's the part i think it's the the first time like in dialogue that i feel that capaldi gets to have the intonation and express himself in the way that he wants to mm-hmm. i feel like there was a lot of holding back in the first season um and this is the first time that i feel like a lot of that playfulness that he has along with the like wisdom and like the old guy like attitude um where he's like, I I brought the, the word dude through 400 years too early. Dude. It's it's just like there's something there's something about like seeing an old man just be like, dude, that just uh yeah, I, I think really strikes a chord as far as like be being uh like like there's this charisma, there's this kind of like, you know. This sense that you see, you're like, oh, okay, I like this. It's different, but like, I like it, so it's fine. Right. Yeah. Um, I uh, yeah the 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 stuff with Davros. I like Davros, by the way. I like Davros quite a lot as a, as a character. Um, I, I hope we see more of him in the future. Um, but I kind of like the idea that he does want the doctor he does want the doctor's help like like he, he there's a, there's an interesting idea here also we see karn again uh, the sisters of car of or is it con it's karn or con and we saw them in the night of the doctor special where paul mcgann regenerates into the war doctor um yeah uh we see them in in this in this episode too which is kind of cool um yeah it's 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 a it's an interesting concept and it kind of but i think uh, honestly i think what hurts the episode the most is that it retreads a lot of the fourth doctor Genesis of the Daleks episode, um, which is the kind of like, which is the, the doctor who answer to um, what would you do if you could go back in time and kill Hitler as a baby? Um, would you do it? Like, would you kill a baby? Um, and it's like uh, the doctor in that Tom Baker has, uh, is the, the fourth doctor has the opportunity to destroy the Daleks before they become the Daleks and he doesn't do it. Um, and we kind of like have a, we kind of have Peter Capaldi kind of doing that again. Like he does get the opportunity to kill to, to like, what is like, he's kind of wrestling. Like, should I let Davros die? Should I not like, where are we? And like, so I think that kind of hurts the episode a lot is that you're kind of seeing, you're kind of seeing them retread some ground that classic who has already done. I hear you. I have some pushback on that. The majority of people watching Modern Doctor Who have not watched that. Sure. So it's, it's not as relevant. But the other thing is, that I think there's a difference between the Doctor debating, like, stopping an entire race the way that he would have ingested the Daleks. And, like, not that, like, obvi- obviously, like, Davros, creator of the Daleks. So, yes, in a sense, stopping that. But yeah. I think there's something more personal here than... Um, what that earlier concept is. I don't disagree that they're like retreading the ground. I just, there's a lot of classic Doctor Who and I think sometimes things need to get retread for the modern era because there are people that are just never going to watch that stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm mostly just talking about it from like my perspective. Like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You, you know, because like you're, you're right. There's not a lot of people have seen Genesis of the Daleks, especially people who are watching Doctor Who at this point. Um, but like for for me, my my issue is that like I've already kind of seen this done already, and you're not really doing it that much new or interesting with it. 
you just kind of added a snake creature to it. And like, I'm already very much against you because of that. Um, so you're already kind of doing an uphill battle here. Sure. Um, I hate that thing. I hate that thing so much. And like, mostly it's because of my snake phobia, but like whatever it's called, but like that thing sucks. So glad we don't see it again. I, uh, I welcome if you guys really have anything you want to say about under the lake or before the flood. Um, but I don't really have anything to say about them. They're okay. Um, I like them enough. I think they're fun. Uh, I, I do. Oh, go ahead, Xander, please. No, no, I'm just kind of like agreeing on that on that front. There's nothing. There's nothing in those episodes to me that, like, in comparison to the rest of the season, make me go like, "Yeah, I want to talk about this." I want to yeah. talk about it like every other episode on the season, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, so, looking at the girl who lived and the woman who died, um, this is where Macy Williams comes in, mm-hmm. um, playing me um i think the character is cool i think macy williams is perhaps miscast i think she's quite talented i like her a lot um i especially like her in game of thrones which she's most known for um i think as we get further along with the character she just can't deliver what i think the writing is asking for to convince me of who this character is supposed to be i just see Mm -hmm. Kind of, I just kind of see Macy Williams um, being smart, yeah. and like I, I don't think I don't think the character is inherently a bad idea. I don't even necessarily think the character is necessarily written bad. I just think she's miscast. I think she's some stunt casting that didn't work. I think I might agree with you on that one. I don't have too strong of feelings. This episode has one of my favorite moments, though, and it's a moment that we've I will acknowledge is too soon. It's, it's too late because we've talked about right. it before yes. how the, the the last season would have benefited from having this moment. But it is the moment where the doctor remembers where he saw his face before, and it's the that ties it back to the Pompeii episode. Genius, season four, which is incredible. Like I never thought they'd do it, and he's just kind of like, "Yeah, wait, I have seen this episode before. It was in Pompeii." Uh, I, I I have seen this this face before. It was in Pompeii. Why why would I pick this face? And like a kind of a reminder of like, I don't have to save everyone. I just need to save one person. Yeah, um, because I saved one person from Pompeii. I I agree. Like that that moment in particular is very powerful. It hits. I love it. Um, the concept of me's character is stretched across this season, and it's kind of an even. It's not more egregious than River Song, but it reminds me of River Song, where like you've introduced mm-hmm. yet another character who can be anywhere across the Doctor's timeline forever, and we've cemented that like yeah, but they only look like Macy Williams, which means that like because mm-hmm. Macy Williams will never come back, we're never going to see this character mm-hmm. again, um, yeah. <clears throat> and we can't because where it's established that she looks the same at the end of time, um, which means she doesn't age at all, uh, right. and I feel like the use of the character is just a little short-sighted in terms of the concept they were chasing. Um, and then again, like I, ju- I can't stress enough that like, I thought it was going to be really cool to have Macy Williams in Doctor Who because she's so good over on uh, Azaria. Right, yeah. And like, I I was pretty underwhelmed uh, when I, it came to this. I just don't think she works. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, <clears throat> I like the concept of the character very much in the woman who lived sure um like when it's introduced to like all of her journals and and kind of like as this bandit mm-hmm. and like uh the the doctor like revisit like revisits her and it's revealed that the doctor has kind of like 
been seeing her throughout yeah. time, like kind of keeping track on her throughout time whenever she drops off Clara. Um, continuing on another uh, Stephen Moffat trope, by the way, we didn't talk about of, of the doctor dropping off his companions and going off and doing his own thing and then coming right, back. Right, yeah. Them. Which I which um, I like. I, I'll admit that I I think that's a fun shtick is <clears throat> Moffat trying to build a companion who can have is trying to have balance. Yeah, and like ultimately Clara fails because pretty much once she loses Danny, Clara isn't really that interested in normal life anymore. And that slowly becomes right. clear. To her. Yeah. And she, uh, she becomes more, she becomes more like, I want to be like you. Right. Right. Yes. Um, hmm. My, it's weird because I'm, I'm kind of a two minds about it. Um, I agree. I, I don't think that she, um, as, and I don't know if it's, uh, no, I think it, Never mind. I convinced myself half to half with you talking. Um, <laughs> uh, I just don't think she has uh, at that time the ability or the gravitas as an actor to, which is crazy because she's that like, believable. Which is crazy because she's really good. She's like multiple um, seasons deep into her Game of Thrones performance at this yes. point. Yeah. Yes, I just think it was probably a really big departure of the character she had been playing. Yeah. That it can be difficult and mm. it can take time to separate yourself from that character. Um, and I think it's inevitable that there was going to be some bleed through because she'd been doing that for multiple yeah. seasons. Um, um, if I may, like, I, I don't... <laughs> I'm jumping ahead to the finale just for this point about me. Right. Um, okay. When we get to the end of time with her, uh, I don't believe the gr- like there's any growth between when we see her mm-hmm. uh, with the Raven stuff to now. Like it doesn't feel like the characters changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's supposed to be so many years and like, I don't feel right. any of it. I don't feel any yeah. of it in the performance and to like compare her to one of her contemporaries. I feel like if Millie Bobby Brown had been doing it, I would feel those years. Mm. I, this, no, is, this is what I mean. Is yeah, that I'm just no. like, I just, I just yeah. don't think she was well cast to portray that, that growth. Yes. No. And I agree. Um, I do, however, enjoy that they went for somebody that looked young mm-hmm. and that was like small. Yes. I think that's um, important. Yeah, well, they're trying to kind of recreate what Matt Smith was doing, right? Like Matt Smith had this kind of like old man weariness in a young in a young man's body, um, and that's kind of what they're trying to do with Macy Williams with me. Like she, like by the time we get to the to the end of time, like she should be kind of like we should be seeing it with her in her, in her face, even though she's not showing her age. That kind of like old old person like we kind of get it when she's like i had children like they died during the bubonic plague and um, right yeah blah, blah, blah. like we get that we get it we kind of get it there but like it, it it's trying to recreate what frankly i think matt smith did well yes in not such a well done way if that makes sense and, the, yeah. and this is the thing like i know brandon you haven't watched game of thrones like mm-hmm. she should have been a slam dunk for this like yes. casting wise, when you hear about it and the character described in just even as a broad sense, as you said just now, she should have been a slam dunk. And it's wild that like it didn't work. It just yeah, didn't. Yeah. For whatever reason, she doesn't work. As the Brandon, character. you should watch Game of Thrones. I'll pass. 
It's really good. Granted, the last season didn't do much for it, but it's look, it's good. Look, honestly, if I if I had less things to watch, I it, it would probably be higher on my thing. But I got a lot of shit I'd rather watch. The shit that I know is going to dis- disappoint me. By yeah, the end no, of that's show. that's fair. That's fair. You know, it actually I've come a long way from being able to from being like screw the show and everything it stands for to being like no, it, it's good. It is. It's legitimately good for six seasons. Yeah. Um, um, and then and then it gets rocky in one and downhill in the other. Uh, let, let's move on from that point. And please, um, thank you. Yeah. The the Zygon invasion and everything that comes after. I love. Um, um, um. I adore the Zygon two parter. Yeah, I Zygon do too. two parters. Uh, all my all my, my only solid. My only point in what I said is that like I I there's not a bad episode in this batch in my opinion no, after this. No, point. there isn't. I love I, I love all of them and yes, absolutely this two-parter. Brandon and I uh, I don't know if you I don't remember if you bothered with it Xander, but like Brandon and I passionately feel because we both revisited the Zygon two-parter uh this year that like in two episodes they showed exactly what Secret Invasion the MCU show should have been and failed mm-hmm. to do. Mhm. Mhm. They did it in two episodes. I haven't seen Secret Invasion, but having seen the Zygon Invasion, um, I, yeah, like, it makes sense. This is, yeah, it's, God, it's so good. I I need, I need the floor. I need the floor. (laughs) Um, You have the floor. the thing about the Zygon invasion and the Zygon inversion that I that I love so much is that it's it's it, it starts with Osgood. And I what I I love it so much because it takes it takes just killing Osgood at the end of um at the end of, of the last season as just kind of like, oh no, we killed that character. Oh wait, there were two of them. And then being like, uh, what does that do to somebody? Because like at this point. There are two Osgoods. What that? What's that going to do to somebody? Uh, what's that going to do to the other one? And then not knowing which one was the real one, and never, importantly, never finding out which yeah. one was the real one. Um, and then like the fact that like, like holy shit! Oh my god! Oh, okay, hold on. But like, but like the secret invasion thing is is apt because it's not all Zygons on Earth. It's just a, a young sect of Zygons. Who are like, actually, we're not, we're done with this. We want war. Just like, just like the scrolls in Secret Invasion. Just like that. And like, how? Like, and I'm talking like, I'm talking like, not only do I like this episode more than more than these two episodes more than Secret Invasion, just in general, these two episodes are my favorite episodes of the season. Of this season, they are my favorite episodes because I think they're well plotted. By the end of the first one, when when Clara is a Zygon and she's just like, oh, they they're just using these to copy people, which doesn't make any sense. And there's because she's trying to kill all the pods with all the people they've been they've cloned, uh, they've turned into. And the, the unit lady's like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. They these should be Zygons. Why do they look human? Uh, and then, like, the reveal that Clara is actually a Zygon, which, honestly, we probably knew at that point. But, like, that's not the point. The point isn't the reveal. And then, like, and then like freaking, like, I already talked about the 50th anniversary in the last episode, but the 50th anniversary works for me on, like, half a level, which is that I really like the Zygon 
plot line of the 50th anniversary and not so much the time more war doctor stuff the zygon stuff mm. is really interesting to me and the fact that not only did uh, did we get a follow-up to that which i thought which is really great but yeah it's it's in freaking credible um i just I'm rambling a lot, but like, no, 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 no. I it, really like these two episodes, you guys. It it definitely also has what I'm pretty sure is the best, if not like a very close run for the best Doctor monologue. Oh my god, Capaldi mm-hmm. at the end when they're in the Black Archive and. And and uh, it's it's the two, it's Kate and Clara. Kate, yeah. human. Oh my god! And the cliffhanger with the Zygons about to kill Kate is just revealed that Kate just shot her. Holy shit! Like incredible. Um, and like and then Clara and like, what what something that I think uh, is really interesting about Kate Stewart is that she has become <clears throat> militaristic and less science forward than when she was introduced. Um like the very foundation of unit has has infected her in the way that she was hoping to infect unit um and so he's like very willing to like go to war um uh, over over this and like and the and the doctor having this thing and it's such an incredible monologue he's taking all that pain knowing that he's fixed that he saved gallifrey but taking the pain of what he did during the time war and just like spewing that out there just to try to try to get someone to understand that like going to war doesn't doesn't solve anything what you're doing is only going to <clears throat> and i don't and like it, 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 at the end of the day we're just going to it's, it's what capaldi has always talked about what capaldi yeah. talks about a lot at the end of the day at the end of a war at the end of a life all you've got left is an empty battlefield don't you want more don't you want to stop that from happening? Don't you want something? Don't you want something else other than an empty battlefield of dead people? Yeah. The the thing it's, that this oh, um, okay. Uh, the thing that this whole scene does for me is that you hear the doctor talk a lot about war and a lot about peace and a lot about like weapons and battles and fights and he has like some really good lines throughout kind of just new who referring to that but i think this really feels like you see the scene and if you go back after watching the scene you understand the ethos that he is trying to portray um it it, it just describes it so succinctly it's so powerful and it's it's not this like um, it's not trying to be this like, oh, we can all just get along, kumbaya, war has no purpose kind of talk. It's being just like, hey, we're at the point after the war when there's a winner and a loser and you sit down and you talk. We can skip that right now and just do that. Yeah. And it, the, the fact that like they have the option to like, either one start the war and it's like really symbolic. It's like big red button, really kind of like mm-hmm. theatrical. I think, I think that's what I like about it. It really feels like a stage piece with yeah. how they're set and where the doctor is between them facing the audience. Um, 
it's very yeah it's got a very like stage feel to it uh which i think works to its advantage it just it's really really well done and it, it never feels hokey it never feels preachy it doesn't you know fall into any of those like pitfalls it's just so the build up to it is so good the 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 portrayal the emotion like capaldi sells this on a level mm-hmm. that is just like insane I agree with everything that my co-hosts have said. Um, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say that these two episodes and and the rest of this season, we could do an entire special, like mm-hmm. three hours just on those because yeah. they're some of the strongest stuff yeah, in Capaldi's run. I I echo everything you guys are saying. I think I think these episodes are are very very good. I think a lot of credit to um, Peter Harness for coming in um, on his own writing the first episode of this two parter and then working with Stephen Moffat on the second, and it makes such a impact and it's very strong its ending is really good um i don't think there's anything more profound about it than the decision that the doctor makes at the end which is that um he's wiped their memories before this has happened before but he only wipes kate's this time and says you don't need this anymore and she becomes the other osgood um and like it's it's just it's really well structured stuff it's really well written stuff it's compelling the mystery the tension of the doctor trying to prevent the catastrophe all the way up to that finale is really really excellent um can't sing its praises enough it's just it's just some of the best stuff in doctor who it just is some of the best stuff in doctor who um they're not my favorite episodes of the season they're my number two and number three uh my number one comes later um I I I want it. We got to talk about the three parter f- uh, finale. But um, you, you said sleep no more. You've included sleep no more, which is the next episode after this one. And you're kind of like you know, kind of banger after banger after banger. Um, that's an episode I don't really think too much about. What what makes you what makes you so, so what makes you like that one a lot? Yeah, uh, uh, amongst this collection of episodes, it's not necessarily like a, a hit. Uh, out of the park the way that I think a lot of the rest of them in this batch are. But I, I also think it's a solid, solid episode in the mix. Um, I love a, like, I, I really like Dr. Who stories where they're kind of, um, they come upon astronauts who have been, or, or explorers out in space who have been mistreated by some other organization and how they get involved. But, but for me, it's, and it's, 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 a cheap shot, but like the gimmick of the recordings and how the doctor comes in the found footage style that we're doing in this episode. And they're like, Oh, who are you? How are you here? And that kind of thing. And like the lack of trust and issues that they're having throughout because they're like, they were just here and they shouldn't have been here and, and sorting that. Um, it, it makes it a fun episode for me. I, it, it's, it's less that it's like at, at the highs of the rest, but I also don't feel like it's a, huge dip it's just kind of like a yeah this was all right there's one thing i do want to talk about in this episode which is um kind of something that that moffat started to do with the psychic paper um which is that the psychic paper doesn't listen to the doctor anymore um specifically right. like capaldi like whenever he like brings up the psychic paper he's always just like oh health and safety i was like this says waste management does it come on um like he the psychic paper has always been something that he could like, oh, I here's my credentials, here's blah, 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 blah. And like, for whatever reason, during Capaldi, it just 100% stopped listening to him. Um, and I thought that, I always kind of found that really funny. 
Well, some of it also is like a lot of the previous doctors would just not all the time, but a lot of them would just hold it up and let the person say what it what they saw, and they'd be like, "Yes, exactly." Um, yeah. and, the, and Capaldi definitely tries to all, almost always steer the ship of the psychic paper, and I like that he's like trying to predict because the psychic paper is responding to what they would see, like what yeah. makes sense to them, right? And he's trying to predict it, and he's constantly screwing it up. It's just, I always just really um, like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, but we should definitely talk about the three-part finale, Face the Raven, Heaven Sent, and Hellbet. Man, uh, if it isn't Clara facing the consequences of her own actions. <laughs> so, like, uh, we'll yeah. talk about Clara. Let's just, let's just, just Clara in broad. Clara really works for me. Um, I love Jenna Coleman. I think she's a great, a great companion. We've already talked about that. Like, Donna's probably yep. the best companion, but for me, um, Clara's kind of my favorite. And um, whether it was intended or not, her arc, mm-hmm. I think, is really good. Um, as this yes. person who's uh, regarded as um, unique by design of the universe and pulled into the doctor's life and then stretched across his own timeline. It's no wonder that she becomes a companion. Who's like, I want to be the doctor. I want to be like the doctor. I want to make the decisions the doctor makes. I want to behave the way they make, um, to look at that as something to emulate. And, and we hadn't had a companion up to this point who wanted to literally emulate the doctor. And I think we were due. And I think this works really successfully in the pairing with Capaldi. Um, because there's like a there's a, Getting away from the Matt Smith era with Clara, there's a more um, guiding hand that Capaldi is is encouraging her to go in this direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like wanting to make his own Watson out of her. Uh, and that's also the consequences of his decisions. Like, I yeah. took this too far. I was totally fine to help keep you, to take you on your path and keep alienating you from regular life. Uh, and I, I should have recognized it was a problem sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I won't say that's executed brilliantly throughout. And I won't say that was Moffat's intention when he started the arc with Clara, but as an yeah. ending point, I think it's rather brilliant. I think, uh, I think there's something to be said. Um, you know, my, again, uh, I think objectively like Donna probably is the best companion. I think Clara is the doctor's most important companion. Um, as far as her effect narratively, her effect on his life, and really showing what this kind of like unhinged, unbridled sort of like sort of like care or like love they have for each other. That isn't romantic, but is is like, I want you to understand me. You want to understand me. You want to be me. I want you to be like me. And just kind of like they care for each other and, 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 and move each other in a way that becomes really toxic. Yes. It, the, their relationship is not a healthy one because the, the companion has always kind of like pulled the doctor back and reminded him of like – humanity and like you know not being this this eternal sage um 
And the doctors always pulled out the best in the companions into like who they can become, what they can do, their aspirations. But instead they're pulling the worst out of each other. Yes. You know, you you know what you've pulled me into as, as a contempt, uh, uh, comparison for this, um, Mm -hmm. before supernatural went up its own ass. It's Dean and Sam. It's no, 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 100%. It's Dean and Sam. I will do literally anything. I have no lines mm-hmm. to make sure that you stay alive. Yes. And I will, I will do anything. I will accept any other fate for anybody as long as you live. And the doctor and Clara reach that same point where they lose sight of like too far. Mm-hmm. In order yes. to keep each other. I mean, I mean, I mean. Look, Clara makes a, a just a dumbass decision, taking this like death warrant. Basically. Well, she trusts. She trusts that the doctor right, will yeah. save her. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's yeah. this like unreasonable expectation that she's like, I can't die. The doctor's obviously going to save me. It, it and you know it, it just and then the doctor literally moves heaven and earth to safer. Yeah. Heaven and Gallifrey anyway. Yeah. I really I I don't think Clara ranks as a favorite companion for me and I don't think her arc is well executed, but I do actually find it fascinating. I really like the idea of uh, a companion wanting to be the doctor and pulling out the, their worst instincts in each in, in themselves, as you guys are saying, yeah. it, it works. It I like I like the ideas presented. And I don't, actually don't think the execution is that bad. Like I don't want me to say that it's a bad execution. It just doesn't. The execution doesn't quite reach where I would like it to be. It's probably more accurate to say. I'll I'll say that I think. I don't believe even in the previous season with Capaldi that this is where Moffat knew he was going. Yeah. And I think if he had known that and done that throughout Clara's whole run, this thing would sing really wonderfully. I think he kind of saw a direction this season to go and pushed for it. And it works a lot in this season. Um, And I wish it was something that was felt like it was more baked into her entire run. It's there. Don't get me wrong. It's there in pieces and in moments like it's not pulled out of nothing. But I think Moffat like drove in a direction that he had not necessarily been driving in before. Uh, And I think that would have made the whole thing feel execution wise a lot stronger if this had been intended from the get. I I really want to talk about having sent in hell, Ben, because to me, those are my favorite episodes from uh, Capaldi's run. Uh, heaven sense heaven sense really high up there for me um in yeah. in doctor who uh, not as much hellbed but heaven sent for sure um, i have an argument for hellbed but uh <laughs> that that episode yeah, the, that episode uh, is like you can come into it almost with no knowledge like you get enough of yes. the importance of clara that it can just yes. kind of like pop off and hit you and it's just a really really powerful emotional story that and and yeah. It's so good to watch because it's it's mostly Capaldi by himself. Yes. And, yes. and I, you really get to see how he can hold like you for a whole episode on his own. Yes. And and the best part is that it's 
it's the same thing. It's the it's the same like ten minute episode over and over again. Uh, but it's done so well. I love the whole like oh what's happening, what's going on, figuring things out, figuring out that he he figured it out the first time and then was like, uh, this is how I I keep this going. Right. Um you know and and well, so real, quickly, real quickly, Xander, one of the things that I really like about, about Heaven Sense is that we don't start with him yes. just appearing there, and that's his first go through. We yeah. start with like thousands of him have already yeah. died when we right. when we jump into the episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that's it's incredible. It's really well done. Um I think this is also the perfect way. Uh, which definitely they haven't done right before. And it was one of my like big problems with Matt Smith. Um, but this was the perfect way to be like, oh, he's been trapped for like billions of years. Right. Um, because like for him, it's only a day. Or for him, it's only a day. And I'm like, that's like to me the best way to do this like long sort of like time to really give <clears throat> the the sort of like feeling that this was a big deal and not be like, yeah, the doctor's not canonically like a couple billion years old. It, it just like, it works so much better for me. But technically, just but like, technically he isn't right. Because it's just a yeah, new exactly. body. Right. Exactly. Recreated. And, and even then, yeah. and even then it's inside of the thing, which means like, is it even that real to begin with? Right. Not right. to say and that it, the time that he's feeling, but he's not because he's only experiencing really a day yeah, in his I memory. Just think, yeah, yeah. As far as like dropping a line about X amount of time past, he was trapped in there. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, this was really well done because to him, it's really only a day. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the whole the whole imagery and the story of the bird like pecking away at the mountain, ah, mm-hmm. uh, it just like it's so powerful. It's so good, and at the same time, it's like so just like heart-wrenching yeah because at at, at this point he believes clara has died correct yeah so his whole thing's like oh i i gotta get out of here this is i'm going to do this as long as it takes and just knock it well he thinks the tardis is behind this wall so yeah if i remember correctly he's like if i could just punch through this wall and like by that point by the time he starts punching he knows what he he knows the game he's like okay i need to start punching and one of my favorite moments of the episode is when because we see i think three loops where he says the exact same part of the story and then gets burnt and then Mm -hmm. dies um and then like the fourth or fifth he gets a little bit long it gets a little bit longer just a bit he says one one extra word or one extra line you're like oh shit he's doing it and like that's when it starts that's when you start seeing him like moving into the wall and you're like oh shit oh shit yeah baby this this is the most anime doctor who has ever been yeah oh yeah is the doctor punching this wall motivational shit as it's like combining on top of each other collapsing into this long stream into a small montage of moments so that you can get the full impact of it um it's wonderful it's wonderfully powerful i think the episode's brilliant i have i have no 
I have yeah, no qualms. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, it just, it just is. It's there's, there's very little, if anything, to be upset about in the episode. The only, the only thing I can see as an argument is that you're not into that sort of like time loop Groundhog Day feeling, you know, thing. Um, and if you're not, you're not. That's fine. But it's not the episode's fault that you suck. <laughs> um, Hellbent, though, I like yeah. Hellbent. Oh, go ahead. Uh, real, real quick, I did want to go back just to face the Raven real quick. Um, it is one of my favorite chilling moments with Capaldi when um, he knows he's about to be sent somewhere. Clara has just died. And mm-hmm. her. I think her death is very lovely. Um, yeah. Her whole, uh, let me do this by myself. Let me stand mm-hmm. by myself for this. Let me be brave. I think is really lovely. His chilling moment is the, um, I don't want to see you again. You'll find the universe can be a very small place when I'm angry with you. Uh, yeah. Chilling, chilling. Yeah. He's so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hellbent is really, is really interesting because we go, we go back to Gallifrey, which I really like. I'm glad we're back in Gallifrey. This, the doctor has found Gallifrey. Gallifrey's not hiding in a pocket dimension. They're hiding in a pocket of time towards, not at the end of time, but towards the end of time. Just kind yeah. of like existing as far outside of the universe as they can at this moment because they're too scared to kind of go back into the universe proper. Um, yeah. And most of it, most of that fear is coming from Rassilon, who has a newfound fear of the hybrid, this kind of mythical hybrid within Gallifrey's mm-hmm. um, uh, structure. Um, I really... This is unfair to say, and I will 1,000% acknowledge that. Um, it is a bummer that they could not get Timothy Dalton back as Rassilon. No, I think that's fair to say. Like, you kind of yeah. Like no, I yeah. would have loved to see Timothy Dalton back as Rassilon because I think he's great in the end of time. Um, and look, the the actor, you know what? It's he's a time lord. He regenerated. It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of wish we got one more like Timothy Dalton as Rassilon. And yeah. the fact, but the fact that that the Doctor is able to scare Rassilon, the president of the Time Lords, the the Time Lord who set time lord society billions of years ago and then was resurrected so that they can have a ruthless president during the time war the fact that the doctor was able to scare him off of gallifrey yeah is insane and then just be like i'm president now well not even not even just that i think it's one of the strong moments of it where everyone else acknowledges the doctor as a person who saved gallifrey yes like they 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 recognize the importance of him pulling them out of the time war. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and are unwilling to listen to Rassilon when Rassilon says to kill the doctor. Uh yeah. and I think that's I think that's a really powerful follow-up to what the doctor did is that you know just Gallifrey recognizes Gallifrey as a as a group collectively recognizes that the doctor did more for them than Rassilon ever has. Yeah, because yeah. Rassilon's whole plan during the Time War, because this is kind of like coming off of like what we know. We know a lot about the, the final days of the Time War at this point. We know that Rassilon was willing to wipe out the universe and ascend Time Lord society into um, into its next form. And we know that uh, the soldiers in the Time War were just kind of like praying that it was going to end soon. Um, and and uh, now we, and, and so like, with that knowledge of like, because the general is there um, in, in this moment, and he's like, 
Rassilon, by the at the end of the time where Rassilon hid and said, "Okay, we're just going to destroy the universe." Like the mm-hmm. Doctor saved us, mm-hmm. um, and there's this kind of respect that he has because, which leads actually to one of my favorite lines of the episode, which is going back to like the Doctor and Clara kind of like taking out their like their worst instincts, which is the Doctor shoots the general, but the Doctor is like rationalizing it because he has this moment where he's just like. I shoot you, you regenerate. He even has the thing like regenerate, regeneration, like asking like, which number are you, are you on? Am yeah, I yeah. going to kill you or are you going to regenerate? And he's just like, I'll regenerate. It's yeah. <laughs> Good luck, sir. <laughs> and to you. Yeah, and, and like they have that the moment like, and like, but like the doctor still killed a man, which goes against like yeah. his, his whole thing. Um, but I really like how the general plays that scene because of his respect for the doctor saving them during the time war. Right. Yeah. So hitting on a couple different points on Hellbent, I really, really like how the episode kind of opens with him like discovering it's Gallifrey, seeing that like f- finding the barn again and like um all the the like other people on the planet that have been kind of like divided from time specifically society. specifically something that Moffat does that I don't mind I don't I wasn't crazy about the fact that Moffat seems to imply that the doctor is no longer a highborn Gallifreyan he's more of a he's uh, not necessarily highborn um, although I think actually Chibnall inadvertently changed that with the timeless child um but uh or i'll explain that when we get there um but when he um but he he also kind of like fixes the divide between like not every gallifreyan is a time lord Mm -hmm. you know some of them are just some of them were just people yeah we're just we're just there and like gallifrey is a is a planet like any other but the Time Lord Society it was so high. High. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why the Doctor ran in the first place. The Doctor did yeah. not agree with the Time Lords, and I really, I do really like the kind of like idea that the Doctor has kind of, because of his actions during the Time War to, at, in the fiftieth, been like, all right, he's kind of become a champion of his own people. Yeah in a way that he never really was. He was always kind of seen as an outcast, but now like specifically because like, it's very important. Time Lords can regenerate. Gallifreyans cannot. Yeah. Um, there, th- th- so the, so a lot of people who died during the time war, that was, they only had, that was, one that was it. That was yeah. it. Um, so like, I really, the, I think that's a really good moment. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, I love it, it because that whole scene, with kind of this like, oh, this is like a like a time lord. This is like a, a highborn Gallifreyan that's just like chilling with us yeah. and just eating at the table. And you know, it 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 really hits to him as a character. And then the whole very, very Western inspired like standoff with the army yeah. and like the line in the sand and the whole thing and not saying a word. And just being like, yeah, this is how this is going to play out. Um, Really well done. Uh, Going back to the whole, like, Clara-Doctor's toxic relationship. um, 
him finding this like secret Gallifreyan technology to like pull Clara out of time. Um, well, it's it's technology really, that was introduced in the original in the original show, right? Yeah, but I mean, like, just kind of like as far as new who goes, we haven't really seen Gallifrey in tech. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's like, Oh, right. Gallifrey is like a whole thing. Um, yeah. And I, him pulling her out and then like, like you said, shooting the other, the, the, the general. And it's like, cool. Even if it was excused, like this is, completely contrary to like who he is Mm -hmm. and really shows that whole like i will do anything as long as you're alive mentality that we'd like been touching on um you know i really really like the 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 vault underneath gallifrey with uh all the the trapped monsters um yeah that was kind of cool that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that whole bit. Um, you know, the, the, the episode, like you were mentioning earlier, the, the end of time, the like sitting here witnessing the end of the universe thing. Um, yeah, it doesn't land that well, but like writing wise, it, it does like. The oh, you, words mean for, said. you mean for me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um because we go to we go to we we pick up a a a a, a TARDIS, um, which by the way I I do appreciate how Moffat symbolize how Moffat thinks a TARDIS without its chameleon circuit on looks, which is just a cylinder with a door on it. Yeah. Um, I always kind of found that really funny, um, but uh, I, I I yeah we go to this kind of because me is in the vault at the end of time mm-hmm. how the hell did she even get there but i guess it's billions of years in the future so yeah you could have uh oh maybe the time was picked her up i don't know um yeah i think there's there's some interesting st- stuff written but like i think macy williams's performance yeah. just isn't really delivering as sparks has already has already yeah. said um yeah we've kind of touched on this already so it's like yeah. uh you know it's one of those things I'll- I'll take it a step further and say that like um, the hybrid story also is the part of this that I don't really care for in these episodes. Yeah. I'm kind of the, with the, you. The whole hybrid thing is where like so much of the, this back half of the season is working for me. And every time the hybrid stuff comes up, I'm like, Oh, there goes Steven Moffat again. Gotta make a, a name yeah. thing for what's going on this season. Because what we're focusing on. What's the problem? Because the, the hybrid thing like bugs me. Cause it's like, it's, it's, it's it's always like oh maybe i'm the hybrid or maybe this doll or maybe i was maybe i'm half dalek half time lord or maybe i'm half human half time lord or maybe i'm right. the hybrid maybe this hybrid hybrid this, this hybrid i'm like i don't this is i don't like that i don't care this one bothers me mostly because like and it's not the rest of the show's fault for this but like it's this thing where it's like for the first time ever the doctor mentions there's this prophecy about a hybrid who will stand over the ruins of Gallifrey. And that's what they're afraid of right now. And I'm like, cool. We've literally never heard of this before. Um, yeah. now, oh, and it just matter. It, it just coincidentally matters now. Yeah. Now, whatever. Where was this prophecy during the time war? Did anybody give a shit? Like, it, right. I, it, it just, it just, 
it it feels There's... like a half-baked idea to just like work in some mystery and language here that just doesn't yeah i don't think is necessary there yeah, there is a lot about the hybrid i don't like mostly because it's not really resolved um i it's i'll, left I'll kind say of open-ended I'll say just because, like, I don't like the concept to begin with. I prefer it being unanswered. I don't want them to clarify and say it was the doctor and Clara or it was me or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's fine. I like the interpretation that it's the doctor and Clara um, just because it shows how disastrous their relationship becomes. Right. But it also isn't um, real, right? Because yeah, no hybrid does stand over the ruins of Gallifrey. Yeah, exactly. Moment. So it's this, it's this whole thing. So it's like, you know what? It's fine. Brandon uh, knows exactly what I'm alluding to. Mm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip over this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but God. yeah, I. Uh, God damn it! Oh, I'm so mad. Ending, uh, the ending of this episode and, and, and everything, um, you know, I think, I think Hellbent works really well with the doctor explaining this story to Clara. Yes, I think so too. Um, you know, Clara really like, you see the conflict between her knowing he won't remember and her really hoping he does. This, yes, this is something that I really like. I really like across the episode because you start the episode because of how you start it with the diner thing. You think the doctor's the one that remembers. Yeah, And exactly. somehow he has done something that means that Clara does not. Yeah. yeah. And I think the twist reveal at the end that he is the one who does not remember her is really well executed. Yeah, um, yeah I agree with that. It, I, I really like that. Yeah, I, I understand there's a little bit, there's a little conflict here because on one hand I'm like, okay, so Clara basically does get to be the doctor for a while. Right. Um, you know, and and, and there's the, the interpretation that this kind of like subverts everything they were talking about in the story. Um, and like their relationship and how like bad it was becoming. Well, On the other hand, I really enjoy that it's like, cool, she can be this without the Doctor. I think what that... Is, oh, go ahead, Brandon, please. Well, I was going to say, like, Clara's ending, and I've already mentioned this with, like, Amy's ending, right? Like, I think mm. I think Clara's ending is, is Moffat kind of giving the companion a reward this time, like something that's like, mm. because she essentially, while yeah, her, she gets her, her comeuppance and, and dies and she does die. She know for the rest of time, she has to go back to that moment and die or else all of right. time will collapse in on itself. Um, yeah. Because, and the doctor tries everything to, to, <clears throat> to fix it. Um, but sh she gets to be the doctor. She gets yeah. to travel the universe in a TARDIS with a, with a stuck chameleon circuit with a companion uh, for I, as long as I she wants. Like, can I mention how much I don't like the decision of the stuck chameleon circuit being a 1950s diner? 
You know what I don't particularly like about it is that the interior is a 1950s diner. That's yeah. I don't get that. How the console room is in the back. Of it's in the, the back. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. But ultimately, like I thought, I, I like the scene. I like the shot of the two Tardises crossing. Right, like, I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sparks. All I'm all I'm getting is ah. Ooh ah ooh. Am I back? Yeah, you're backish. Backish or back back. Back back back, but we don't know for how long. Okay. Uh, I'll try and say this quickly then. Um. I really like the doctor remembering Clara as her theme. Um, mm. Remembering her in music, which is the music mm-hmm. that was used yeah. for Clara's theme in the show. Right. I think him, that's beautiful. Him playing, him playing that song damn near yeah. broke me. Yeah, it's real good. Um, and the and the TARDIS with the the art for her, the the flowers yeah. on it. I, I thought that I, I love that. I love that stuff. I'll 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 bring this up now. Um Clara's theme is my favorite Murray Gold uh, companion theme. Oh, it's so good. It's not even like really comparatively strong. to the other companion themes. It's not even close. Yeah, it's, it's very it's recognizable. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, it, it you could play different companion themes and I'd like kind of have to guess who's who. But right. like, you know, you know, Clara's like, it, yeah. it, you know who it is. Yeah, she it's has. Incredible. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so this is this is why I love the 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 two parter finale there. I think it it does a lot to kind of be like different from other ones, from other kind of like leaving the companion things. It it really it really does something new with it, and I'm 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 all for that. For sure. God, we're getting so late, and I still need to talk about we're the getting so late. song. <laughs> yeah, we still haven't even talked about the the last like season of Capaldi's run. I'm glad we spent so long on 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 season on season nine. But uh, can we talk about the husbands of River Song now? I Absolutely. yes, please. I love okay. that. This is my favorite River Song episode, and it's frankly the most I've ever liked this character. Um, Easily, easily. Um, she works on a level here that Moffat desperately wished she did before. Um, It's wild to me that it took them this long. And like, I wish that this was the template that we got more river song episodes after this, but again, like it kind of like fits in. He found a workaround to make it so that we saw river one, one last time after the angels take Manhattan but it, it's impossible to do again uh, because River has this. He again shoots himself in the foot um, with he has this thing where it's like, oh, I have I have a list of all these doctor faces. These are the only ones I've met. So you can't be the doctor. It's frustrating. It's frustrating that she never picks up on it, that he's the because he's literally saying I'm the doctor in multiple scenes of this. Well, um, and she's well, I and I buy it because she's convinced she's convinced he can't be because right. there, to her knowledge, there should not be able to be another regeneration. That's right. that's mm-hmm. her greatest mm-hmm. knowledge of it. That's not possible. Um, and um, I think like the comedy of that really works. And like to your point, yeah. why does this River story work? It's because it's the first time I believe the Doctor actually loves River. 
Yes. Um, Capaldi is incredible in this episode um, with her. Um, and uh, I've rewatched this episode multiple times because it's uh, it's hilarious. Um, yeah, it's there really are funny. multiple scenes that I just will watch on YouTube because it's so damn funny. Capaldi walking into the TARDIS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. It's bigger. <laughs> On the inside, and like he's like flipping out, and like, it's so good. Yeah, it's uh, possibly one of the best jokes in all of Doctor Who. Finally, it's my turn. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's really good. Um, um but my you know, favorite, it, uh, my favorite thing, my favorite, my favorite line in this episode. Sorry, Zando, I'll, I'll let you go after this. Uh-huh. Um, which is, is is like when she's yelling about how the doctor it's impossible for the doctor to be here because the doctor doesn't love her uh he never like when you love the when you love the the when you love a supernova uh when you love a sunset you don't expect the sunset to love you back it's like loving the stars themselves he was like she plays out like if he were uh, uh, you really think the doctor would be standing right here beside me and like she and like he's just like uh like at that point he's like really close to her, like you should really shut up by now. Um and like she re- she figures it out and she's like, Oh, you are so doing those roots. And he goes, What the roots of a sunset? I'll have to check with the stars themselves. Just kills me every single time. It's so funny. He gets to pull for the for the first time the hello sweetie on her. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really great. You also have um two very good British comedians in this uh, special, which is Greg Davies mm. as the King and Matt Lucas as Nardle. Yeah. Um, and boy, do they inject a lot into this because they're both very good and they're yeah. very funny. Um, I, I was, uh, I was just going to say the same thing as Brandon. That, I was literally moving straight into that, that oh, part. Yeah? That was, I was like, it's such a highlight in the episode, but um, that and it's that, ending the coldest line ever in this episode is so good because she's just like, um, she's just like, how'd you know that? How would you know there, there'd be a meteor storm? Uh, is it like, because I'm an archeologist in the future. I dug you up and mm-hmm. I'm just chill. I just got chills. Like uh, it's, 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 it's chill inducing. <laughs> I love the scene so much. And I really like how they're bickering of like, all the husbands and all the husbands and wives they've had since they got married. Um, uh, like all the kind of like the kind of like random things. The doctor just kind of finds himself married to women every now and then. Um, right, yeah. And, and, uh, uh, but like the ending of like fi- finally being on Derillium and having river, like, no, like, is this, is this it? Is this because of all those stories? And the doctor's like, it's not, if I can help it, like, I'm, I'm not doing, we're not doing this. Um, and then he kind of like has this moment where it's just like, yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's time. Um, my, like, I really like how he uses the TARDIS to be like, to, to like make the reservation come back a few years later in the same spot, like constantly yeah. like using the TARDIS. Um, <clears throat> I really, I really, this episode, it's so good. Like the Husbands of River Song is a really good episode. It's the strongest river episode. I, I am I'm floored that Moffat pulled this one out after such a disappointing turn for this character uh, yeah. a few seasons ago. The uh, the the whole bit with the Doctor like talking about the sto- the, the 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 like the rock pillars and mm-hmm. 
you know, the singing and everything. It just yeah. it sets such a mood. It, I really, really, really believe that he loves her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that just, I hadn't really seen it to that level before. Yes. Um, you know, you know, it's, uh, it just, it, it, it's unfortunate. I think that we didn't get to see more of river and him together. Yeah. Because and they, like, yeah, go ahead. I, I feel they have more chemistry. I feel like they bounce off each other better. Um, you know, I could have, I could have really done with, you know, river being sprinkled in instead of being like arc driven. Me too. Uh, and then be able to see her more often, just or be able to see her longer, just less often. Because um, like River has this thing where she's just where she's talking to David Tennant when the first time we we meet her, and she's like, um, "When I when I meet you, the real you, the older the my doctor." But it, it doesn't. It lines up if it it it. It never lined up for me very well that it, that was only Matt Smith and like it, it like right. it helps that it, it becomes Capaldi mm-hmm. also. But like, I really feel like it should have been a lot more doctors. Like she should have met yeah. a lot more future versions of the Doctor so that she could have like the so she could actually like I know you hundreds of years in the future where I've we've we've had countless adventures and we see those adventures. It never sat right with me that it was only just one version of the doctor that she had all her adventures with sure and i mean like well well not if you go to the audio adventures right um, i mean like but also right, like yeah. with, but those are like past versions of the doctor yeah but yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah and like yeah, that's yeah, cool yeah. that she interacts with them but like i want to see future versions too and they just always forget um yeah. but uh i you know we've talked to death uh, last time about how the river song stuff was just like kind of cut off in a way that it shouldn't have been especially with like you had the regeneration possibilities with her and as an ending that leads into silence in the library, I think this is quite good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I think the important part, the part that makes all of it work for me, besides the fact that like for the first time ever, I believe the doctor isn't, is actually loving her. Yeah. Is that we have that really great bit at the end where it's like, so we'll have this one night and it's like, how long is it on Derillium? 24 years. And he's with her for 24 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the thing that cements like not only like for River's perspective, this is the this is her doctor now. Like when we mm-hmm. get to Silence in the Library for her. Right. Yeah. He's the one who was there with her who because I I appreciate that Moffat recognizes there was a problem and has River directly voice as you guys brought up earlier. Um, of course he doesn't love me. As we have felt in watching the show. Of right, course yeah. not. How could he? And this is a doctor who's willing to stand there and say, yes, I do. And stay there for 24 years loving her. And I think that's, that's really lovely. Yeah. Um, I don't have a lot to say about the return of Dr. Mysterio. It's a fun episode though. I liked it. I like Justin chat when I'm kind of like, yeah, neat on this. Yeah. I like the end though. And Nardle's fun. Nardle's always good. Nardle's always good. Love Matt Lucas. Can't, so happy that he's back for this whole next season. I really like the season, you guys. This season's, the season's really good. so good. It's such I a really shame. I really like Bill season. Potts. It's such I a really shame. I really like Bill we... Potts, too. 
that we only get one season with Bill Potts and Nardle. I could have easily done another at least. Yes. Uh, this is yes. also one of my favorite ongoing jokes is introduced in, 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 in this season, which is the doctor desperately not wanting people to check his internet browser history. Yes. <laughs> um, which I constantly think is very funny. He's like, don't check my browser history. Um, which comes to a head in, in Twice Upon a Time, which I think is really funny. Um, I uh, I don't want to go through this episode by episode, but I really like the introduction of Bill and the 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 the, the girl who become who like she ends up with at the yeah, end yeah. of the season. Yeah. Um, I think that's all really solid and really good mm-hmm. setup. I really like their relationship, uh, Bill and the Doctors, um, yeah. and then yes. setting up this like idea of like why is the doctor been there for 70 years yeah i i love him as a professor yes actually teaching i i i this was just really refreshing um kind of an indiana jones-esque thing going on yeah except Um, he teaches whatever he feels like doing yeah 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 of him but of him like in the classroom it just felt really rewarding, I think, for especially for a doctor who's already been like wanting to write on chalkboards inside his TARDIS anyway. Yeah. Um, to be here with him as a professor, I think, was such a really good choice. Yes. Uh, and and I think it and I think it naturally forms a really good relationship between him and Bill, which I really I love. I agree. Um, I think the nice is a really fun episode. I, I like knock knock. How do you guys feel about knock knock? I love knock knock. Yeah. Um, I, I really like oh. it. As you alluded to earlier with the the forest episode, I think this is a much this is a much better w- the woods kind of thing. Oh, yeah. well, I was yes, I was actually talking about. Interestingly enough, uh, I was actually talking about the lie of the land. Um, was yeah, I, too- I I know I know you were, but uh, what it was making me think of also was this one about the the, the woods themselves in the sure. in the house and uh i i really quite like knock knock uh, i think thin ice knock knock uh both really really excellent episodes personally oxygen too i like oxygen a lot oxygen oxygen is one of my favorites of this season um i love uh capitalism taken into it to its extreme uh <laughs> you have to pay for the oxygen you breathe in space while you're working God. for the company I'm going through this list. I like all these episodes, man. They're and, really good episodes. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about extremists because that starts kind of a three episode arc in the middle of the season of the, the monks. Um, and we, we've, we find extremists is really interesting because like people start to realize people start to le- learn the truth, which is that there are, there are computer simulation. Um, and like, I genuinely started to believe like, is Moffat about to say that the entirety of Doctor Who is set within a computer simulation? simulation. Is yeah. that what we're doing here? Um, but the end of the episode is oh, but oxygen is where the Doctor loses his eyesight, um, and so like he's using the the yeah. the, the sonic glasses, the sonic sunglasses, um, and, and so like I love 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 the end of the episode when the the monks like, what are you doing? I'm sending an email. I'm doing what everyone does when they're in trouble. I'm calling the doctor. Yeah. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> and it I think that's to... I think that's pretty good. I I like the monk trilogy. Yeah. Except I, do I don't really like how it ends. It yeah, just I'm kind of ultimately, the same way. ultimately I feel like the monk storyline, like once we're on the path 
I like Bill's connection to her mom and everything being a key part to it. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I'm like, we get to lie of the land and like, considering the buildup of the two episodes, I'm just left kind of unimpressed by the monks. Like, yeah, I, I, kind of, I don't, kind of I don't really like what they do once they have control. I'm like, this is pretty, this is pretty lame. Mm. Let's be honest. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Um, it, again, it goes back to like something that I don't like the Moffat does, which is that the human race forgets that it just happened. Um, yeah. This kind of like reset to zero thing whenever there's this big like worldwide calamity that uh, Moffat doesn't want to think about the like ramifications of. Um, and yeah. it's, just, it's just like the human race will just forget. Um, I, I like it, but the ending does sour because I like the pyramid at the end of the world with like the whole thing of like who speaks for the human race. Yes. Uh, and then Bill ultimately saying um, that we need, no matter what happens, we need the doctor and we need him with the right. eyesight back. And it's kind of like in the doctor's perspective, like dooms the human race at the yes. moment, in the moment. Um, well, and like the whole process of that episode, the second episode where they're like figuring it out and they're putting it together and we're missing something. It's viral. Let's narrow it down. You've had the pieces in the episode that are mm-hmm. leading up to figuring out what it is. And there they go. And like, it's just that the doctor can't get out. That's ultimately like, it's the smallest thing. And that's what leads to mm-hmm. Bill making their decision. Um, and like that episode, I really like, I just feel the third episode outside of some of the character stuff between Bill and the doctor really, I find lacking because like once the monks have the world, I find them utterly unimpressive. Yeah. Yeah. I Um, I kind of like, they just, they just turn into completely dull after that, where they're like, cool. You got the world. What, whatever, (laughs) what are you doing with it? Nothing. Yeah. Um, Empress of Mars is fun. I like the I like the Ice Warriors. Second time we've seen the Ice Warriors in New Who. Kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that one. Um, the Eaters of Light is a fun one. I think that one has a really cool cool concept. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they really went for something with that one that works most of the time. Um I think we're gonna spend most of our time talking about World Enough and Time and the Doctor Falls, which is the two part finale. Yeah, um, one of the best modern Cyberman stories. Yeah. Yes, a yeah, wonderful sure. Cyberman story. Um, I, um, coupled coupled with the the time dilation on the ship. I love the time dilation so much. So good. What a good episode, and it's so sad. <laughs> the whole thing yeah, makes me that's, so sad. that's the thing. It's it's such it's so heart wrenching, and the the whole like arc with Missy. Yes, uh, Missy. Missy trying season. to be good. Yes, yes. Through the season where he's like, "I'm going to save you from execution. Um, you don't, you don't just get off that easy." When, uh, when I imprison you for a thousand years, but like I still believe in you. When yeah. Missy comes out of the TARDIS and she's like, "I'm that rapscallion adventurer, Doctor Who." Why do you keep saying my name's Doctor Who? It's the do- well. People always ask that anyway, so I'm just cutting to the end. Also, it's his name. <laughs> also, it's his name. What? It's not my name. <laughs> um, I really, yeah, I, really like... I, I just to comment on that, just yeah. Michelle Gomez throughout the season, like one of the reasons this is a great season is also because she's peppered throughout and, and she's lovely. 
and she's got we've already talked about it with season with season, with the, with the fir, her first season with the, when she's introduced but like her arc in this season is so good and it's just yes it, the idea of like it wasn't the doctor forcing her to be good it was genuinely her like i want to try i don't know if it's possible but sure let's try let's let's try and make me a good person why do you do it um and like ending with the button which is at the end of the at the second the second yeah. episode um just just so just such an interesting place to take the master arguably the most interesting place to ever take the master yeah. ever yeah. in all mm-hmm. of doctor who yes um i agree and no shade to any of the classic masters because they're all great they're all wonderful um wonderful actors played them all um but like what do you do with a character who we've already established is the doctor's is the doctor's childhood friend um, is diametrically opposed to the Doctor in every way, the Moriarty to his Sherlock. What do we do with that character? Let's see if we can reform her. Right. And, and what also, a, what a, when she's a, on the cusp of... Uh, sorry, Xander, go ahead. No, it's just Moriarty to Sherlock. And what a better development it has been than Moffat's other ventures with that relationship. Holy shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, unfortunately, Sherlock kind of petered out towards uh, in the second season. Actually, petered out really early, which thank goodness yeah. I didn't waste too much time on that one. Um, I like th- that first season of Sherlock is awesome. Um, but um, he never saw Sherlock Sparks. Nope, not a season, not an episode, oh. not a moment. Um, anyway, um, yeah, it's uh, what were you gonna say about about um, about Missy? Uh, right when she's on the cusp of uh, true reform, you throw in a past version of herself to throw her off. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which which is also like nobody saw double master yeah. coming. No. And like yeah. bringing back John Sim and everyone's like, hot damn, is this like the best thing Doctor Who's ever done? <laughs> like um also with like the Cyberman thing, when when you you when the Cybermen are such an interesting thing because like I've or I have been I have been doing my own little Moffat plotline throughout this episode because like yeah I'm really tired of like Moffat creating these like scary new creatures that kind of like okay yeah we've seen the silence we've seen the angels we've seen the whisper men sure 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 whatever um but then to introduce like the oh these these like uh all these like people who who, who these white socked people with, uh from the bottom of the ship who cares but to have the reveal be that they're the Mandasian Cybermen's the first version of the Cybermen the Doctor's ever fought. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it wasn't just some monster of the week that Stephen Moffat decided to be like, eh, whatever, I'll just create something scary. That it was actually leading to a terrifying reveal of right. this perfected version of this Mondasian Cyberman. Holy shit. Just like, insane. Right. And yeah. poor Bill. Poor Bill. Poor Bill. Oh man, Bill the, way, man. the way in the second episode it's cutting between what she thinks she looks like and what she actually looks like. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. It's uh, 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 it's some heartbreaking stuff, especially when Nardle first sees her. I um, know. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's really effective. It's it's really like tragic. It's beautiful in its tragedy. It's one of it's the a- toughest moments in Doctor Who is losing Bill. They they have like they have the companions have gone 
in oh, yeah. in many different ways. And yeah, so some of them die. But not like this. No. You don't see this. It's not on it's not really on screen in in this kind of way where you're like oh shit. Because like it's it's so much more heart-wrenching because we've seen companions die. He's, a lot of companions have died. The the doctor there's been a lot of death in the, in the doctor's wake. But like this horrific conversion into a Cyberman for and, and being seeing her live decades of a life, yeah, on the bottom of the ship, uh, before yeah. being turned into Cyberman, like watching the TV with who we learn is the John Sim Masters, the Saxon Master, um, uh, of this like a second go by of the doctor, uh, formulating this plan to save her. Uh, and how it cuts between the two time periods. God damn. This is some yeah. good shit. This is, it this is really, good really strong. Shit. Really strong. And I love that the, the, the rest of this season, aside from like the small, like plot building and, and episode stuff, um, really just feels like it isn't building to this huge overarching story. Oh my god, you're so right. You're so right because it, it it's, it's not. It's not. It's just these wonderful like adventures, professor, student, going out, exploring, doing the all the the parts that we love about Doctor Who, and having like, that main plot at the end just being Missy's story. Right. Well, like yeah, that's the thing. Is like arguably it's Moffat's maybe best season stretching arc thing like what's the big thing it you start with the mystery of who's who's in the locked door that he's guarding it's missy why is missy there the doctor wants to help them become good does missy become good yes but it ends in tragedy um and like that's the thing and that's the most powerful and emotional version of any of moffat's sticks for a season or thing you've ever had yeah and it doesn't get in the way of of like all the other stuff it's nope. it, the season's just so well constructed. You really, you've already talked about uh, Xander, um, the Zygon uh, speech where he's talking about war, but like my mm-hmm. favorite speech that Cabaldi does is the one where he's trying to get through to the master. It doesn't matter which one. I mean, he wants Missy yeah, just, to see it. Yeah, but, but one of them. He's like, I don't do, I don't do what I do because it's, it, it's the, it's the right thing to do or because well, I do what I do because it's kind. Mm-hmm. Because it's the right thing to do, and like he's just like talk, like trying to like, just trying no. to like get through to them, and like the Saxon Master, he sat in his ways, and he's like, "This is the face of a person who didn't listen to a word you just said," uh, and then cut to the face of a person who absolutely did, right? Yeah, um, just incredible incredible writing there's no music in the background of that of that either. It's yeah. it's just the it's just Capaldi acting the shit. Out yeah. of out of out of the script, in front of two, frankly very good versions of the master, and that play off well, really well together. Like we've seen Doctor Doctor stories, very uh, there's audio stuff has done master and master stories, but it's very rare to see the two masters on one on one screen together. And to have this happen uh, in this episode is so well constructed. I, I god damn, I really like this episode. Yeah, I do too. Um, 
I I think like the tragedy ending for both Bill and Missy are both so well done and the way they compare like the tragedy for the doctor that he doesn't know that he got through to Missy. Yeah. Um, and he never will. It's no. so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> There's um, Nardle uh, stays behind to help these people. I also really like to have the Cybermen keep evolving. So we keep seeing the different versions of the Cybermen throughout the episode. Um, I also really like how when the doctor goes out to like stall the Cybermen to like destroy them all, he's, he's doing it by saying like, I stopped you this time and this time and this time. He's like listing every single time he stopped the Cybermen. And, um, uh, and it's just like, pointing a screwdriver at the ground and exploding and shit. Um, and I just think I thought, thought that was really good. All while, by the way, we find out in this episode, he's holding back his regeneration. Yeah. yeah. He's absolutely about to regenerate and he's not, not letting yeah. it happen. Um, yeah. I, I and, miss in, and, and in such a, such a different way than, uh, um, Oh, what's his name again? Emmett? Tenant, and it like I love that they they're both holding back this generation, but it's like for completely different reasons. Yeah. Um, uh, Missy's end, Missy's death, uh, is very good. Um, the 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 master, uh, the Saxon master, deciding like, all right, well, I'll just I'll just kill my future self and I'll go off and regenerate into you and it'll be better. Um, uh, but like, there's a brilliant line that Moffat puts in this in this episode that's completely disregarded um but like it says like i might because like there's an implication like i might be the one after you i honestly can't remember mm-hmm. so like implying that like missy doesn't remember if she was if she if she regenerated from the saxon master or if there were regenerations in between mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which there absolutely should have been well they're probably anyway not. Anyway, we'll still, talk about it. Still wild. Um, so I, so like, I really like um, her end because she's, you know, she does the kind thing. She stops the master, right? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I really like this. Um, and then Bill gets her happy ending. Thank goodness, because she deserves it. And I mean, not really a, you know, she still dies, but like, she's able to go off into the universe and and travel with this girl that she's fallen in love with. Um. Yeah, uh, which, I mean, which I know I'm rushing through this because it's, it's freaking late. No, 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 um, it is. But uh, which leads us to my favorite regeneration episode, which is Twice Upon a Time. Yeah. Um, really good. Really good. Yeah, they're just what a what a powerful season. What a powerful yeah. finale. Yeah. Uh, goodbye to Bill. Um, was goodbye to Bill. Oh. Well, I, I uh, when the Cyberman's like, I am Bill Potts, and you're just like, no, and then the zoom in on the tear, yeah, oh, kills me. I, uh, as far as I mean, like, twice upon a time, good, wonderful. I, I don't want to get super into it. I do. Um, oh man, okay, let's get into it. <laughs> you can't, loves it. I, I love it to death. Do you guys not? Do you guys not love it? I cannot talk about it. It's okay. No, I really, I, I really enjoy. No, I, I don't really think I, like I would it. not. I really do. I would not deign to say I love it as much as you, but I do enjoy it. I I, 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 I watch it, it all the time. I watch it all the time. I think it's so good. <laughs> um, 
I love, I love, I quote this episode so freaking much. I've, I've memorized a lot of this episode. I love David Bradley as the first doctor. I'm so happy he was able to like portray the doctor proper coming in after an adventure in space and time um, mm-hmm. where he played mm-hmm. William Hartnell. Um, and so him kind of coming into like, and the way they interpret the first doctor of being like, it's, it's a little, I get the, I get the argument that people have said, like, it's weird that he's got like sixties man sensibilities. If he's, a, if he's an alien from Gallifrey. Um, but I also kind of like love the, uh, <laughs> this is the line where they come at, <laughs> where Bill is like, I'll kick your arse. And she, and he walks up young lady. If I hear any more of that talk again, I will, ha- you'll have a smack bottom. And like, 12 looks horrified at yeah. what he has just said. Um, and he's just like, can't wait for you to pretend I didn't say that. Um, uh, I really like the uh, inclusion of the, 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 the Christmas armistice. Um, yes, I do too. What, what the reveal at the end is that this is set during the Christmas armistice. Um, yeah, that God, it, that, that scene just like, yeah. And like, oh, I love the oh. line. Never happened again on any battlefield anywhere. And I was just like, oh, that's so beautiful. That's so poetic. Uh, just this one moment of time that but the brigadier's father came from. Like, oh my God. Like, yeah. Um, I also really like that the villain the, the villains aren't villains. Like, this isn't an evil thing. The doctor's just kind of stumbled into this like really nice thing that this these people from the 50th billion century are trying to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> um I I I the the juxtaposition of like I'm so sorry. I'm talking so much. I know it's like freaking no, no, in it. the morning, but like go for it. The 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 the, the juxtaposition of the of both doctors of having the first doctor being uh, looking at the face of his next regenerate of his first time regenerating. This is going to be the first time that he's going to die. This is the first time that he's going to regenerate, um, and saying like I'm scared. I don't want to do it. I don't want. What's going to happen? What am I going to be like? This isn't something that I want to happen. And the twelfth doctor being like, "I've lived too long. I've li-. it's a little selfish that he just got a new regeneration cycle and he's like, I'm done." Um, but yeah. he's just kind of, he's just kind of like, I, "I've lived for I, I've lived for billions of years at this point. I know it was only a day, but it was four billion years worth of a day that I have already lived, and I'm like, I'm tired. It's 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 over. And the 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 banter between the two. Um, the banter between the two is so funny. Like when they're talking about like, um, why is your TARDIS? Why is the TARDIS bigger? It's like, oh, all the years are bigger on the inside. You try sucking your tummy in so all the time. Um, the brandy bit is funny. Um, I, I, I just, I really love the idea also of like memory that Moffat is playing with here, which is that, you know, because like the doctor is like, I'm, I don't trust that you're Bill Potts. And he's like, well, I am. I've got all of her memories. That's all people are at the end of the time. At the end of the day, we're all memories. Um, Mm -hmm. And the doctor is kind of like, that's like the doctor is like, yeah, you're right. And I'm overburdened by mine. I'm, I'm ready to just, can't I rest? Can't I know peace? Must I keep going on? Um, The other thing that I wanted to kind of bring up about that, was um when it comes to uh bill there's this great line that she has early in the season um well the the, the doctor has early in the season like i serve at the pleasure of the human race 
Um, right. And she's and and he's having this thing. It was like, what would Bill Potts tell me to do? Simple. Serve at the pleasure of the human race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that kind of like sets the whole thing going. Man, I I really like this episode. <laughs> and I just wasted your time for like five, ten minutes on it. It wasn't a waste. That's what we're here to do is share what we like about these things. I know, but like I could go on about I could write dissertations about Twice Upon a Time and how wonderful and perfect it is and brilliant and just I think it's the best regeneration episode. I it's got the best regeneration speech where where Capaldi is uh I agree with that running around the TARDIS. Uh, to just kind of like oh my god, that speech so good kills me what every I, time. What I love about that speech is that it very much feels like it feels like whether he's trying to kind of course correct at the end or not, Moffat kind of throwing everything that he's like, if I wanted you to know what I want you to take away from Doctor Who, what I think is important about Doctor Who, let me word vomit it at you real quick via yeah. Capaldi. And like, I I think there's a lot of, I don't know Moffat, I don't know how true this is. I feel like there's a lot of, because he is such a fan, as they all are, all the showrunners have been big yeah. fans of Doctor Who um, in the modern era. I think there's a sense of, because of the highs that it got taken to, the kind of out of his control that it got brought up to in that height, and then the kind of backlash as as it was winding out of Smith into Capaldi and people weren't vibing with it and saying like it lost something. And it does feel like, especially when we were talking about the season, how the season scaled feels like it scaled even further down and focus in on like this professor, this relationship. It wasn't doing these big mm-hmm. bombastic things. And you get to the end, you get to Capaldi's regeneration. And he's like, I really feel like maybe Moffat felt that he lost the, the lead a little bit in his show running of Doctor Who. And and I feel like not that he regrets ever doing it, but there if he it feels like there's a remorse about the time that he spent on it that is uh mm-hmm. coming out through Capaldi's goodbye of like yeah. I, I think I didn't spend as much time saying the things I wanted to say here. And these are the things I wanted to say. Uh and it makes the passing of Capaldi's character feel all the more potent and powerful because it does feel like I would argue even more so than when Davies left with Tennant Moffat in a way saying a goodbye to his era of Doctor Who and in a way where he's like kind of carrying the criticism and the the, the successes at the same time yeah I'll just I'll never forget laugh hard run fast be kind yeah, and I think that's his intention, right? Yeah, yeah. the The line that sticks to me with that stuck with me the most was um, "always try to be nice, but never fail to be kind." Oh yeah, that's my favorite one. That yeah. that line to me just like when I heard it, it literally stuck with me to the point that like in day to day life, it will pop up in my mind, and I'll be like, mm-hmm. "Got it, right? Be yeah. kind." Yeah, and um, it, it just like oh man, it's so I, good. 
And I, real quick, Brandon, I think this is also Capaldi rubbing off on Moffat throughout the time as well. We know that there's a lot of Capaldi in this. What Capaldi wanted to do, as we alluded to earlier, with the like wanting to make the doctor accessible for poor kids to dress up as, all kinds of things that were important to him. I think the be kind influence also comes from Capaldi's like connection to the character, what he wants to express with it, and that rubbing in with what Moffat's wanting to do. Mm-hmm. And it feels like you go so far away from where Moffat started with the doctor. And like we've talked about before that he he feels like a showrunner who came in and like has always wanted to be the doctor, right? That's represented right, yeah. through Clara a lot. Um and certainly through the portrayal of Matt Smith. And it feels like you get to this last season and he's really worked himself, kind of removed himself away from that ego idea. And like, I really want the doctor to to do to do what the doctor did for me and teach something and share something and inspire something. And I think it's a bummer that it took until the second and, and really this season uh, of Capaldi's run for the for him to get there and six years of him six seasons of him yeah. running the show for him to get yeah. to this because I would have watched three more seasons in this vein of of the desire of what he wanted to do with Capaldi. Yeah, it was always kind of my my. I know I think you feel the same way, Sparks, that we didn't get a second season with Bill and Nardle. Um <laughs> Yeah, we didn't get. Uh, this kind of we didn't get another it's not that Capaldi really hit a stride in his third in his third season. It is it is exactly as you said, like this is the show that Moffat deserved. This is the seat the seat this season proves that Moffat should have always been writing the show in this way. Mm-hmm. And I would have at least liked another episode another season where he got the chance to do so. I I really I really enjoy what the last two seasons of Capaldi's run do as far as showing Moffat as a, as a showrunner and writer is that I think the second season shows a lot of what Moffat has been doing, but really well. Like, I'm like, Hey, the, the stuff that you've already been doing, the stuff that you've kind of like done the tropes, all that. Yeah. They're all in here. This is really a Moffat season, but you know what? You did it really well. Yeah. yeah. And it feels like such a good, like, oh, I've got it. I've got it down. This is what I do. Um, where do I go from here? And the set, the third season being that let's peel back. Let's remove. Let's go away from all these things that I, I kind of did for the last time in in the previous season. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it shows a lot kind of the, the, the range that he has and kind of that, like really how things work and what happens when you really try to remove yourself from trying to be in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Pointedly with, uh, pointedly with twice upon a time um i'm really glad that Moffat made the decision to close the loop on clara here and it's such a mm-hmm. important and powerful emotional moment when uh it, it says you know i'm gonna give you a gift doctor um and the gift is the restoration of clara to his memories and how much that means to him bless you um yeah Thank you. 
Um, I I think like if you hadn't had that moment, I would still like Twice Upon a Time. I would still like this last season. I would think like the arc was still really good, but I would feel like there was a hole. Mm-hmm. And letting yeah. Capaldi have that moment where he's like, "Clara, you're back. Uh, you're in my memories." Um, and especially because it's Capaldi playing it is so sweet. Um, there's another there's another kind of thing that I I I, I want to mention. Um, um, two 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 little last notes that I that I that I really like about this episode. Um, actually, one is about the series as a whole. Um, the first one the first one is silly, but I like how the "Don't Look at My Browser History" thing comes to comes to a close with like the sunglasses on David Bradley. He's like, "What's browser history? Don't look at that." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But also, here's something that's really superficial and really silly that I really love about Capaldi. It's how he flips the switch on the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. How he how he oh. like takes the takes the thing for whatever reason the way he does it like I really that's my favorite. I love it so much. Um, watching this TARDIS be destroyed hurt a lot more than watching Tenet's TARDIS get destroyed. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is a beautiful TARDIS interior. This is such um, a good TARDIS. Very iconic. Yeah. yeah, I really, I really love this this TARDIS interior. It is my number one uh, TARDIS yeah. interior of of Modern Who. Um, I it's it's hard for me to think like that. It should ever be different than this. Yeah, me too. Like the, this is the definitive TARDIS interior for me because like it's got all the stuff around around the 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 things and um, yeah, and whatnot. Um, it, it feels lived in. Yeah. It feels like a which home. I, it feels like it yeah. feels like it's home. Which other TARDISes don't really it alludes to like other rooms and like, you know, yeah. space, yeah. but this one's like, oh yeah, this is a space that's used. That's, that's so true. In. I'm you thinking chalkboard. I'm thinking about literally every other TARDIS interior and like none of them feel as like honestly, like Moffat has maybe the best uh interiors for the sense of what you're talking about where it feels like it's put aside aesthetics like it does feel like a place you live in not just like here's the console Mm -hmm. yeah one of the things i always liked about matt smith was that he was always kind of digging around in the bottom of the console like working on stuff like it really made it feel like like this was a this was something he just constantly does um not not just any old machine but something that he it's very important to him something that he lives in um I really um Doctor Who's really just a guy with a van. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. Hey man, um, you want to go solve some mysteries? <laughs> <laughs> I really I really like Capaldi as the doctor. Like I said at the top, he is my favorite doctor. Um see his third season is incredible um from start to finish, I believe. Uh twice upon a time um, he's got one line that I, I do also want to highlight twice upon a time, which is that, um, um, where he's like, Oh, silly old universe. There it is. Always getting into trouble. Well, what's one more life? What's one more, what's one more lifetime going to kill? Except me. Mm-hmm. And he just kind of has this moment where he's really like he, the doctor at this point is starting to, is starting to come to terms with the fact that regeneration doesn't doesn't mean death; it means change. Mm. Um, this it, like this is something that he's starting to develop a, a path that we start to see that we actually see uh, come Jodie Whittaker's regeneration. Um, 
and then once again when when 14 regenerates um sure. but um he's still at this point kind of like you know like i keep changing and another per and like i'll be another person and i don't know if i want to do that again this will be my like who knows how many times this has been how many more do i have to do before i'm allowed to rest um and it's just really <sighs> and, and and like the idea of like he's not really seeing it as a death per se but as a as a forced continuation of life and that he at this point he's getting tired and he's not sure if he wants to have that he doesn't he's not sure if he wants to continue and right. I, I i really like that yeah i do too and and certainly like uh tenant's 14th doctor seems to pick up a lot of those threads as well yeah i think honestly i i thought 13 um also um for the most part but like four, 14 especially like having that complete like she even says like look real quick spoilers for the 14th uh for the for for 14th doctor generation episode um when he says uh it's not a death. He even says that to Donna. It's not a death, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which I really, which I really liked. But anyway, yeah, I digress. Um, um, all right. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna just kind of wrap up and mention that uh, Capaldi also as um, my favorite Doctor uh, to me is the only one that has felt like the Doctor. Yeah. Um, not that the other ones are bad doctors, that they don't, you know, that they're, they don't feel like the doctor. It's just to me personally, Capaldi brings this sense of like, just a sense that when I see him, when he interacts with people, when he has the kind of the stage, I'm like, oh yeah, that's, that's the doctor. Yeah. And, he and the it. others, he defines it while the others don't really hit that same chord with me. As as Capaldi does, um, I think Tennant did this, until Capaldi came around in his second and third yeah, seasons. I was like, yeah. "Well, Tennant's defined the Doctor." <laughs> yeah, and I stand by uh, that. Like, I think he he defines something, and like, I think Capaldi is bringing some of the best uh, when he's at his best. Is bringing some of the best of like things that Tennant did well, and things that classic yeah. Doctors did well. But I think he's pulling. I don't think he's not pulling from Tennant. I think he's well aware of what Tennant did, and he's adding yeah. to it. Yeah, of um, course. And he and you can feel that in his performance, and he's adding to classic stuff as well. Yeah, and I mean, there's very little that can that can really compete with Tennant just as a as a mythos. Um, but man, Capaldi just really to me was like, oh wow, okay. This is this is just the doctor. This is, you know, this isn't someone playing the doctor. This isn't an actor. This is like literally like, oh, okay. Um he is this character. Uh which was great. It was great to see. Um his entire run, I love every moment that he like takes a step back and is kind is just like so heartwarming it hits every time where i'm like this okay this isn't like pretending this isn't you know anything it's it's just genuinely when when he gets over the hug thing when he's because in the first season he's not hugging but then it gets progressive much better culminating in my one of my favorite moments when bill shows up in twice upon a time and 
he's David, the, the first doctor's out there talking and pretending and, you know, being the doctor. And then um, he hears Bill's voice and he runs out of the TARDIS and they, they embrace. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just such a good moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and like I, I, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't work if, if it was still season one Capaldi. It would no, like, his first no, season. Not at all. Yeah. He's, he shows so much growth. He probably shows the most growth of any of the doctors in the modern age across yeah. his run. Um, again, obviously like there's the change of personality and character, but there's also just like how he changes what he cares about, how he changes, how he presents himself, how he um, prioritizes, how he learns from others and from himself is just not something we see all the other doctors do as much um tenant for all the the great qualities of his and like there is an arc there i'm not disputing that um but he's fairly consistent across his run as the mm-hmm. 10th doctor and the 11th doctor has some shifts but no not nearly as much as what's going on here with capaldi um i think there's just such capaldi- a broad range of where the doctor as a character gets taken and mm-hmm. that's very special in this era. I think Capaldi as an actor also shaped Moffat as a writer. Yes. Um, specifically as, 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 as the doctor who showrunner Moffat had this issue during Matt Smith that if you were watching some of his other things, you kind of picked up on, which is that he didn't believe that people changed. I uh, felt, he felt mm. very strongly, mm. at least in his writing, I don't know Moffat as a person, but in his writing, it, seemed like he felt very strongly that people uh, inherently stayed the same throughout their entire lives. Um, And he took that a lot to Matt Smith's doctor, which is why for the most part, Matt Smith stays pretty static. Um, And and it ultimately is where the idea for the war doctor comes from, because he has an interview, um, which is a lot of where this kind of like, Again, I'm extrapolating. I don't don't know the man. He's not as open as Sparks said, as Russell T Davies is about his time on doctor who, um, but the war doctor came from a point that he's mentioned in an interview that he didn't, he couldn't, he could not see that the eighth doctor could get to the point where he would fight in a war. So the mm. only way that the doctor could do so would be to regenerate because that's the only way the doctor changes. The doctor changes by regenerating. Um, uh, they don't have character arcs. They regenerate. Mm. Um, and, that seems to have shifted completely by the time Capaldi comes on board. Um, because Capaldi, Missy, um, like uh, there's so many instances where, where Moffat is exploring the idea of how events can change people, how just the very idea that you want to change could change people. There's such a, a much more, it's much more of an emphasis on change um, by the time we get to Capaldi's second and third season on how people can actually change within their lifetime. And I think mm-hmm. that ultimately ended up being a very good experience for Moffat um, that helped him as a writer. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Um, I, I I don't have much more to add to that. I think I think you're you're right uh, that the secret sauce for Moffat as a showrunner, not necessarily as a writer all the time, but a showrunner certainly uh, lied in these last two seasons. And it's a shame that like it's at the very end. I'm really glad that we're at a point where you Brandon in particular, who were very down on math Moffat and stepped entirely away from Dr. Who because of it. 
mm-hmm. have come back to the show and embrace these last uh, two seasons. Uh, uh, like, w- what a wonderful thing it is that somehow still Capaldi could emerge as your favorite in this Moffat era uh, is really special. And like, not something like, uh, you know, go back like four or five years and it's not something you would have thought would have happened. No, I mean, you're right. Like I was very burnt out on the show. I was not, I just wasn't enjoying what Moffat was doing. Um, And even like, I still don't really enjoy the stuff that I watched, but there's the even, but even now I can, look at it with a much more fresh perspective. I mean, it's been years um, that I can, that I saw it when I was supposed to, you know, like that's very much what happened. Like I, I wasn't receptive to it at the time and I have become receptive to it in eight with age. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'm really glad I was able to find a lot, a lot of enjoyment in these. Me too. Um, I, I also had like a stopgap in the in the Capaldi run and had taken a break and and when I returned it was really wonderful to return to such wonderful stuff because I returned in the midst of his second season and was like oh my god um, yeah. I'm, I'm Doctor Who's back baby <laughs> and, and I wrote that high for a while and and then I hit I hit the Chibnall era um, okay and things changed I, have, I know I do have to ask you you can feel free to cut this out if you'd like could we. I will do no. it if you I will do it if you want to, but like we're signing up for another hour and a half of discussion minimum. Like Which I don't it. I don't think it's feasible. And I should have known it going in that like we're gonna have too much to rant about with Whitaker and we let yeah. all like Capaldi too much, we were gonna go long. Uh I say I say we break this up. We do we try to f- squeeze in one more just you and I sparks it with Whitaker. No, God no. I want Xander there even for just the beginning, because I just want him to go, what are you talking about? <laughs> i truly um, like just just as a little a little tease of the Whitaker era xander did you know that the hybrid prophecy was fulfilled because the master combined with the cortex of the cybermen and became a hybrid himself and stood on the ruins of gallifrey wait what that happens in Whitaker's era am i what saying the that fuck? they intended to follow up on that hybrid prophecy no i am not they don't acknowledge it at all yet somehow it happens I was going to ask if the master appeared in, in the Whitaker series, but. Oh, Xander, it's so bad. It's so bad. So they, they fuse with the Cybermen or they become part Cybermen. All right, we're doing this. Okay. Look, okay. Wait, so wait, here's no, the thing. Wait, <laughs> just for one generation or is this kind of like a, no, like a, oh, this is. There's a separate plot device. There is a separate plot device that's introduced in his in in the second season of Whitaker's run, um, uh-huh. that uh, controls the Cybermen, and the Master is able to steal it and fuse himself with it. This is after he has already re- already regenerated from Missy. We don't um, know that. It's the text of the the. As much as you and I wish it weren't true, the text of this of this show. Why is are you did. Why are you pretending that like they can't have had their memory wiped? Because that's not that's not the intention of the episode. Uh, now look, now look, Sparks. I love your head cannon. It's my head cannon too, but it is at the end of the day a head okay, cannon. Wait, so they they fused in whatever way that means no, but here's uh, the thing. with, here's with the this thing. thing that controls. So they're not part Cybermen. They just control the Cybermen now. It's, a, it's vague, but, but 
but the master here's the here's the here's Here's the biggest flub with the master. Okay. I'm, okay. We're, we're just going to single this out to the master because I've had a lot yeah. of time to think about this. Um, yeah. And we'll, and we'll, and I'll dive more into it if we ever get back to this. Um, the thing is, there is a path to do a post Missy master. There is. Mm-hmm. You can do something interesting of yeah. someone maybe relapsing. Um, the, we've already established that uh, regeneration changes uh, a Time Lord's brain chemistry. So perhaps mm-hmm. this, so perhaps the master then just there's there's something that can be done. But the problem with Chibnall is that he believe he he was so unwilling to yes and where the master could have gone after this, even if he because he wanted the master to be a villain, an outright villain again. So he creates this idea that the master has that the master has discovered that the doctor is not a time Lord is not Gallifreyan. She is in fact, something called the timeless child of which all of regeneration comes from her. So time Lords have developed regeneration because of their discovery of the timeless child, okay. which has driven the master absolutely batshit insane to the point that mm-hmm. he destroys Gallifrey and then turns the, and then turns the, corpses of the time lords into cybermen uh-huh that he then controls while he is while he is allowing the matrix of gallifrey which is something from the original show to mm. info dump what the timeless child is and how the doctor is actually much older than we ever thought possible um okay. with many more regenerations than we ever thought possible and so the thing Wait, is like stop pause. Yes. <laughs> this, this is, is one why, this episode. This is why pause, I like pause. Okay. Um quick rewind. Um so Gallifrey's dead now again? Yes. yes. Oh, just straight up again. It's again. Dead with Time Lord uh Cybermen. Yep. Yeah. Um, who can which who are Cybermen who who can regenerate? Right. Okay. Well, aside from that being terrifying and really difficult to write for in the future, um, uh, we went through a whole arc of Gallifrey being important and then not important and then kind of hidden and finally, finally kind of just back so that it could kind of lose that kind of level of like Gallifrey's this mystical, like important, you know, thing that we can't really know of or see when in like classic who it was just like the planet, whatever. Um, I was so ready for it just to be back to being like, yeah, this is just Gallifrey. And it doesn't have to be this like mystical, super powerful, you know, like plot device. It just, it's just Gallifrey. And now you're telling me again, it's just this, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is Gallifrey's dead. Everyone's Cybermen. More trauma. Everything sucks. Okay. Um, it's, and, and here's the thing that really bothers me. Uh, <laughs> so Moffat has this thing where when he writes, um, the main character is the most special person in the world. Mm-hmm. Everything is about them. There is something about them that just makes them big main character energy and nothing happens plot wise that is not revolving around either caused by or (laughs) in relation to their main character. Um, I was really happy to kind of see that moving 
and and getting away from that. And you're telling me we're back to the doctor's the most special, super wonderful, like very important person in all the whole like universe, and no one's more important than them. Uh bullshit. That's the thing that really bugs me about it. To go back to like what something that I don't really love that Sparks has a really good opinion on, I I believe which is that the first doctor gives a explanation for why they ran away from Gallifrey um, Mm -hmm. in twice upon a time. I didn't really love the explanation of like, it doesn't make sense why evil, why evil always loses when it should always win the idea of like giving the doctor purpose for it, for, for the initial instinct of like running away um, makes the doctor, I think too important. Um, and, and, and I always kind of like the idea of the doctor. We talked about it with Matt Smith, right? That the doctor mm-hmm. is just a kind dude with a blue, with a time machine. That's just traveling the universe and exploring things yeah. and just doing what you they said, can to help. You said twice upon a time. Are you talking about uh, the Clara thing? No, I'm talking about uh, when when Bill asks the when Bill asks the first Doctor, "Why did you leave Gallifrey?" Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. And 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 then when and so like, and that's fine. But that that that's fine. Sparks has a really good explanation for it that I that I that I think is probably true. Um. Oh. But then you have this thing where then you create this idea of the timeless child, mm-hmm. which isn't the only thing that changes. But you're right; it turns the Doctor once again into the not just a time lord not just any time lord the most important time lord in all of history yeah the one that gives everybody else the ability to be have regenerations yes um because i'm assuming i'm assuming they were already time travelers so what we know is what we know i'm just going to explain to you time the time this child now uh someone called uh Um, who's a Gallifreyan before they're called Gallifrey, uh, finds a young girl outside of a wormhole stranded Mm -hmm. or waiting. We don't really know. Um, and takes her back to Gallifrey to raise her as her own. She falls off a cliff and regenerates. And the Tectayun is like, what the fuck? And Mm -hmm. is like, cool. I'm going to figure out what the hell happens. Runs experiment after experiment after experiment, making this girl regenerate over and over and over again. Until she can finally figure out how to give the power of regeneration to herself, mm-hmm. which she finally does. And then she gifts it to the rest of Gallifrey. She becomes a character that was originally called the other and the seventh doctor with the seventh doctor that the seventh doctor was originally going to be. That was going to be the reveal of the seven, of a seventh doctor story that he was the other. And then but now that's now that's Tecteun. Now Tecteun has given Rassilon and Omega, two of the other founders of, of Time Lord Society, the power to regenerate. Which could all the Time Lord Society the power to regenerate. So now and then and then, mm-hmm. now the Doctor is recruited by something called Division, where she now becomes uh, this 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 like secret secret spy, and then she is retired from Division many years later. And her memory is wiped. She is turned into a baby, given to a family, and grows up to be the doctor. And that's the Timeless Child storyline. That's dumb. Yeah. And, like, I inherently, I don't hate it. Inherently, I don't hate the idea of the Timeless Child. Because what it does, what it's meant to do is give the doctor unlimited regenerations, right? Create, yeah. and I, create a way for the, for the storyline of Doctor Who to continue forever. 
Uh, I'll jump in here to say that we know yeah. that part of the reason Chibnall wanted to do this during Jodie Whittaker's era in particular was to expunge the idea that the doctor started as a white man. Like, feel about that right. however you want, but it's a it's a young colored girl who we first see her as when she's found by Tech Taeyun. Um, and then there are multiple diverse regenerations that we see when the experimentations are happening of young kids who are all kinds of ethnicities and both genders and all that stuff. And so it was meant to like broaden the idea of what the doctor can be at the same time that we were embracing Jodie Whittaker. I understand that that was the intent, uh, of why they wanted to do it. They wanted to bust open that door Mm -hmm. to diversity in a retconny way. So here's here's my thing. Um, it's a hat on a hat. I I get the the argument first with uh, Bryn. I get the argument of being like, oh, now they have unlimited regenerations. Okay, they still have eleven more right now. Yeah, that's true. Like, you don't have to worry about that being a problem. For another like fifty years, isn't it? Isn't there not a number? I thought when they gave Matt Smith more, they just they didn't even quantify how many. I think it's implied that's a new, just a new cycle. But I think you're right. Like they, it was never yeah. said. It was never said definitively right. in the show. It could have just been so, whatever. Yeah. So it's like, do you need to? Like, do you need to create? Because the thing is, like. I get it. I understand wanting to create, like, add on something to the the lore of Doctor Who, not just create, like, a, you know, a, a Doctor and do the run, but kind of, like, add something to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that kind of, like, want to kind of, like, build the, the new Who sort of, like, you know, background and mythos. Um but man, when you change something that drastically, that like core, you, I just, I feel like it's not something you just do, you know, I, it's just like there had, there has to like, people read this and they were like, <laughs> yeah, you're good. And, and it went through like checks and it's like. Man, I just, if you're going to do it, do it in a way that is like, I don't know. It just, I'm not against it. I'm not against the idea of like something in this vein. I just, I don't like how it influences the doctor into, oh, you are just the special. Yeah. Uh, I So far, Davies is already kind of doing something with it that I think is kind of interesting. Um, but it, my biggest issue with the timeless child idea is that it becomes because not only have you done now, not only have you said that this is the timeless child, but you've also created the idea of the fugitive doctor with the division. They kind of keep mm. like it becomes a lot where it where it should have been like like the war doctor was just the war doctor. Like this was right. just a, yeah. a, a regeneration we didn't know now revealed to us. This is the one who fought in the time war. That's one thing. This is like five things wrapped up yeah. in, in one right, one yeah. big thing with like five little things inside of it. And you're like, this yeah. is too much. You've done too much here. I mean, Hey, I haven't seen it. So, I mean, what do I know? You know, maybe it's great. 
And the thing about the master, the thing about the thing about the master, like <laughs> the, 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 he shows up in the second, se- in the second season and he, the, the end of the episode is a really good reveal. I think the, epi- end, of the, the end of the first episode is a really good reveal of like, oh, uh, I guess I'm found out. Surprise. It's me. Um, cause at the t- we've been, me- we've been following a character who then it is revealed as the master. Um, like oh. a friend of the doctor is revealed to be the master. And it, and it's like at the moment it's like, Oh shit. It's the master is, is it, they're alive. How'd this happen? Really interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? What is a post Missy master going to look like? What are you going to do? And then the next episode immediately destroys that. And it's just like, Actually, this new version of the master is basically just what John Sim was doing without any nuance and a lot of crack. And I'm just and and then and, there are things I genuinely like in the Jodie Whittaker era. I want to be clear about this. And one the big thing is I love Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Mm-hmm. And I think we should probably end it there because I could go on and on yeah. about things this I is, don't like. This is, and I want to have a more nuanced I, discussion. This I is why I know like, this is yeah, why I know it would be longer. Um, I don't like that this is what happens with the master. I'm I'm so viscerally I, against this. I'm with here's the thing. Here's the thing. It is not Chimnall's, it is not Chimnall's intention that the that the the uh, the spy master is is post Missy. It's not. It's unfortunate, but it's not. It is, however, my 100 percent headcanon that that is that, that is what this is. Um, and I, it's and I not for, with me. I yeah, I, I I this can't to me this can't be the one after Missy because textually they say Missy can't regenerate and that Missy right. dies and well, it's so, the end of the master's timeline. And so as far as I'm concerned, I don't give a shit how it happens because the whole point Xander is just like it can't possibly be a previous version of the master is what people say because this master knows about the timeless child thing and destroyed Gallifrey because of it. And they're like, why would a later version of the master not retain that information, et cetera, et cetera. Like mm. people have memories taken away all the time in Doctor Who. All the time the, this the, happens. But the, the doctor doesn't remember being in division. I mean, you know. Oh, and that, and that's and that's absolutely true. And I wish that was Chibnall's <laughs> intention was that this was a this, this was a, a, a previous version of the master between Missy and Saxon. And and oh. that'd be really interesting and really and really fun to to kind of see where we go from here. Um yeah. It unfortunately isn't Chibnall's isn't Chibnall's thing because it is the official is the official stance of the BBC that it goes from Missy to 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 the Spymaster because Big Finish has had to bend over backwards to make that make sense because they had to create a new version of the Masters between Missy and the new ma- and and the the Darwin Master I think it's his name Darwin um, called the Lumiat so okay. Here's the thing. Here's what Big Finish had to do. And Big Finish, by the way, Beta Cannon does, does not necessarily, but they have to do what, what BBC tells them to do. So if BBC is like, hey, this master cannot be before Missy, it has to be after, that's our official stance, then they have to be like, okay, well, there's a thing that allowed Missy to prolong her life by splitting, by 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 taking out her, her good parts and creating a new character called the Lumiat. So that's the good version, and and then and then she was able to regenerate. Uh, so which blah, blah blah. And so like they had to like bend over backwards to create the, to make it make sense. And I'm like, and I, and I'm just thinking to myself like, you really didn't need to do that. You could have textually made it make sense that it was before Missy. And so like again, 
headcanon are your own personal canon, as Ken Knapsack always says, your own personal canon is the only one that matters. My argument for the, the Dalin Master is based on textual arguments alone, but I want it known that my ped canon, my personal canon, the one that matters to me, is that the Dalin Master is set prior to Missy. Anything you hear me argue in the episode itself will be based on the textual accounts from the BBC, but I want it known that my head is I disagree with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, this is going to be difficult to cut around, but uh, I'm not cutting this. I'm guessing this is where I leave and it's cut, and then you guys continue the actual. No, it's review a new episode. Good night, guys. We'll just, Stay like it's, it's already a new episode right no. now, <laughs> and then we're gonna cut, and it's gonna be the end of the episode we already did. No, 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 no. Well, no, uh, this, is, this is just this, and then we'll be back for more, more Woodacre because there's this. a lot. Okay. There's a lot more oh, praise to be said, and there's this. a lot of. Uh, I'm sure. Uh. Yeah, just to to kind of like go back to our roots, um, <laughs> our that long by, bygone era, uh, the twelfth Doctor. Did Let's we depress you? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I feel right, like we depressed you. Um, so uh, for Capaldi's run, uh, wrap up before we say our, our goodbyes um, in one word. Incredible. Mm. Fantastic. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, it's... Alon Z? It's... <laughs> there's a lot of, like, you said, like, one word, and there's a lot of, like, praise I want to heap at it with just one word. But, like, I feel like that's doing a disservice to the fact that I, I think there's a lot of problems in the first season for Capaldi's mm. run that lead up to it. Like, I can't say that the whole thing is fantastic. Um, I think, I think Capaldi is brilliant as the doctor. Um, yeah, so I'll say that I, I think he's brilliant. And I think even when he's fighting against what his instincts or, or the text are, um, I still think he's brilliant. Wonderful. Yeah, I don't think I can say much more than I already have. Yeah, literally, my throat hurts. Yeah, let's uh, wrap it up. Yeah. Wait, you have to give one word. Oh, breathtaking. Oh, okay. That's All a right, that's an oxygen joke for those who are paying attention. <laughs> All right, guys, that'll do it. Uh, thank you for sticking around. Sorry, this one went so long. Uh, it could have been longer. I'm not sorry. We, we spared you that. Um, are, are uh, okay. you here? Are you still here? It's been three hours. <laughs> Who's still here? Here's the thing. It's really late. You guys know where to find us. Spanknerpodcast.com for everything, all the socials and whatnot. I'm, uh, you can find me at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, sometimes writing for AtomicEaton.com. Sparks, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter. S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Just being a number one fan of Mr. Peter Capaldi. And Xander, where can people find you? You can't find me. I refuse. You know, Nate, I challenge you. Find it's me. At, at hockey at, in the box. <laughs> it's right there. It's right on the bottom of the screen. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, that'll do it. Unless you actually want to say, say it, Xander. No.
All right. All right, guys. Uh, that'll do it. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel, uh, subscribe on, on your podcast, your choice, rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, like this video, subscribe to this channel. I already said that. Uh, and until next time you see us, because we will be back to talk about Jody Whitaker um, at some point down the line, hopefully relatively soon. We'll see. Stay and the rest. And, sure. Yeah. If you want, stay fake nerds.